Hey, y'all ready for the Robert Scott Bell Show live from Be Healthy Utah? Ready or not, here we go. Uh, I'm uh, ready to crank it up uh, for, uh, well, the excitement that is when we get to these live events. And it's just opening as we speak. People are walking in. If you're in the uh, Utah area and more specifically the Salt Lake Valley, Sandy, Utah, we've got uh, people rolling in for the whole weekend. Uh, this whole afternoon and right after the show today, I'm going to be broadcast. Well, from the broadcast live, I got to disconnect and, and run over and do a lecture. So you have time to join me here at the Mountain American Expo Center in Sandy, Utah. Uh, with that said, uh, we are going to visit Canada in the second hour. There's a lot going on in British Columbia, uh, communist socialist medicine in Canada. Isn't that the norm? Isn't that what they want? Isn't that what they expect? Well, we actually have a physician surgeon that's going to join us to say, hey, there's something wrong up there, along with Danielle Pastilli. And uh, who else is joining us an hour or two? I mean, trying to keep up with myself here. Alicia Johnson as well as Dr. York Chung. So lots of cool stuff happening. If all goes according to plan, my good friend, Dr. Neil Schultz, will be with me to uh, crank it up as well in this first hour. So with that here, just so you look, this is what's going on today, including John Hewlett. Maybe we can pop him into the into the show live as well. Thanks for being here. RobertScottBell.com slash listen. Join us online or live or share the show chat room as well. The power to heal is yours. I'm here to remind you. Let's get this healing party started right about now. The Robert Scott, the Bell, Robert show. Scott Bell Show. The voice of health, freedom, and liberty, The Robert Scott Bell Show. All right, Super Don, I'm talking to you right now because as I'm here alone in the booth, um, there are people opening it up, cranking it up, coming and getting shots. Of, let me just show you guys what's happening here. We got, say hi to everybody. Uh, <laughs> we got awesome folks coming in at the Be Healthy Utah event, uh, doing silver shots, copper shots, and uh, right across the way, drinking Cardio Miracle over there. And uh, we got, look at that. We got great stuff happening. So, uh, Super D, you want to talk about a distracted host on the show today? Yes. That would be me. They're, All right. I don't have one of those on-air buttons, so people are going to come up, talk to me constantly. I'm just going to probably have they to. Probably, it probably wouldn't matter if you did. Yeah, it's true. It is very true. I know what it's like at these things. Yeah, so feel free to take you know samples and <laughs> and there you go. So yeah, I I didn't think about it. I probably needed a bunch of assistance here uh, in that regard. So what you, what you should do is you should set up a microphone right, yeah. um, right at a table, mm -hmm. and they have to actually like like get on the microphone to take the shot, so we could that take a part of good. the show, wouldn't it? That would be funny. Oh my gosh! Well, I, I, look, I'm I'm excited to be here. Honestly, I I, I want to talk to everybody that's coming in. At the same time, you know, here we're talking to the world from uh, the Be Healthy Utah event, and uh, it's exciting. It's buzzing. It's already cranking up. And um, just following the broadcast today, I'll be doing my lecture. John Hewlett is doing a lecture after me, and I think Stan Graham got injured. That's what I hear—a nerve injury or something. So I may have to take his lecture slot with John later as well. Oh, so it's wow. going to be a crazy busy day. And uh, it's been so cold this morning and uh, they, you know, had the, the back door of this place open. So it's like, I'm getting this ice cold breeze <laughs> and I'm like, my nose is running. I'm like, dude, <laughs> I didn't dress for this. So anyway. poor guy. Yeah, I know. I know. It's crazy. What's the temperature there right now? Uh, it's probably in the forties. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. That's cold enough for sure. Yeah. yeah. So. Especially if you get a breeze going. Yes. 
Yeah, that's a sample for you. A special gift for you. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you. Yeah, a gift for you guys. Yeah. So thank you. Um, so this is the kind of uh, crazy uh, broadcast that, you, that we're in for today. I know we got a lot to talk about. I'm hoping we have Neil Schultz on as well. And then an hour or two, we've got some friends from Canada. But uh, Super D, uh, I'm just saying, you're going to be do, doing double, double duty as I'm distracted <laughs> during the yeah. show. Yeah. Oh, no worries. Yeah. I was just noticing it looks like Rumble mm-hmm. is having some sort of technical issue. Oh, really? Um, so hopefully people, I, I don't know, something to do with their website. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know it was like right right before we go to the air, of course, you know, it's like suddenly everything stops working yeah. over on Rumble. So, yeah, it's uh, the, the videos aren't loading up on Rumble at the moment. So, so what's playing on Rumble? It man? looks like nothing Weird. at the moment. So right. people might be trying to get in there. Hopefully they'll run over to uh, mm-hmm. one of the other places that we are broadcasting at the moment. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So anyway. All right. I, I'm distracted too. Sorry. You, you and me both then. Uh, let's see. What do we want to talk about? A scientific consensus? I don't know. Is that what you want to talk about? Well, it's one of the articles there. Uh, and you guys can check it out in the show notes. At How's Robert. it going there? What's the, what's the turnout like? There's people walking around doing stuff? Dude, check it out. They're just yeah. buzzing in here. Look at that. I'm going to show everybody walking in for the first time. That's a big, uh, big building it's, it's there. Way bigger than last year. Yeah. So uh, this thing is uh, is really, like I said, it's a good thing. People are wanting to come out and learn and do things and um, try things. So there's a lot of, again, good samples here. Uh, you can try out different practitioners are here with all kinds of really cool uh, gadgets. Have you had a chance to walk around and and, and check them out? I, I did. Before it opened, I walked up and down the aisles. And, oh, there's Billy from the Health Independence Alliance. So, uh cranking it up here for all kinds of uh, freedom issues did you see uh our friends at now Na- 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 let's see national uh god i can't think of all the different things the um health freedom action diane miller mm-hmm. and group they sent out a nice email about all the things that are happening in utah great health freedom uh, uh legislation uh also the utah uh safe and effective documentary uh is amazing and uh if y'all will check that out utahsafeandeffective.org uh, is where you can watch it for free. Uh, so that's uh, that's something, uh, you know, even if you're not here, you can do something for free, although there's a lot Utah of- Utah leads the way for health freedom. Mm-hmm. That is the email you're referring to. Yeah, very cool uh, uh, pre- legislation that has been passed, including genetic uh, privacy to prevent them from forcing mRNA shots on anybody. Uh, there's some innovation here, I have to say. There's some great minds that are trying to push back on the establishment and Yes, even though it's a Republican-controlled state doesn't mean they totally embrace freedom. They're also uh, captured by these um, pharmaceutical interests often. And so, you know, one-party rule is problematic. You know, it becomes dictatorial to some degree. But, yeah, there it is. Uh, as you scroll down through the through the different, um, let's say, legislation exemption. for All the different COVID, bills. Yeah. yeah, the different bills that have passed. Genetic privacy and integrity. These are things that other states are trying to emulate now to try and integrate into their uh, freedom uh, protocols, trying to get some legislation. You know, <clears throat> is it just a coincidence that you showed up in that area mm-hmm. and suddenly now they're leading the way in health freedom? Huh? I, you know what? I'd like to think that it's all my fault. <laughs> no, it's not. There are good people here. Obviously, uh, the energy uh, is only, uh, ex- uh, let's say, magnified when more people come together you know one then two then three and it's it, it's 
it's really quite extraordinary in terms of how big it can get when just a few people that are dedicated uh, come together and meet and 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 it's not only a meeting of the minds, but I think there's a spiritual uh, meeting as well. I'll have to refill that for you in a moment. Uh, but yeah, they've already uh, drunk all the uh, shots I poured out before oh, we no. started. Oh, you, you need a bartender. I do. I need a bartender with me. So I got to see when they show up again. Uh, maybe <laughs> Billy can help me. Uh, <laughs> but really, the thing is, um, the COVID uh, craziness really inspired people to come together uh, that had never uh, maybe considered that all fully and uh, accomplished some amazing things. I, I'd say some of these things were impossible to accomplish including uh, stopping COVID vaccine or jab mandates. And uh, when you have people that have, even if they're sort of bought off by pharma, big pharma, it's hard to stand against uh, genetic modification, you know, forced genetic modification. And so you, if you want to stand against that, that's not looking good. Uh, and, and so in that case, it was a very successful protocol to get people to sign on for something that would end up preventing them from forcing people to get covid jabs so anyway hi y'all live on the air feel free to take a card great well thank you thank you so you want to say hello say wave hi to everybody watching around the world see hi you. five people are looking at you now yeah all right so, <laughs> anyway. so let, let me let me ask you what what might be considered in some circles a controversial question okay uh utah Mm-hmm. Utah is known for being a uh, a, a heavily uh, Mormon mm-hmm. populated state. Yes. Um, I remember early on when the vaccine mandates were a thing, mm-hmm. and uh, the the Mormon Church officially, yeah, was endorsing uh, people to go and get vaccinated. Yes, that's true. And I seem to recall it, it created an interesting situation with yeah. a lot of people of the Mormon faith because, you know, in as with most religions, you know, when the leaders of that religion, you know, the, the pope or the prophet or whoever yeah, uh, is saying this is what is the, the church says you should do. There's a lot of people that go, okay, well, I must do what they said because they said I'm supposed to. Yeah, but there were quite a few people that I recall that were conflicted about that. Yeah, and that is true. Yes, have you do, now because you're there? Yeah. Uh, what what's been your experience with that? Well, what have I, you it, what have you observed? It's a bit of a schism. It's true, and uh, I know a lot of people, obviously, because we're in that area, that are devout uh, members. You know of the they call the Church of Jesus Christ Latter Day Saints. Latter Day right? Saints, really LDS, right? Wonderful people, great people, and yeah. and yet, yes, there were a lot that did not want to take the shot. And when there, there's uh, what they call the prophet, I guess it is yep. decided to do so and did so on camera. And, and by the way, we featured that in uh, um, Utah safe and effective, the, the documentary. And it, and it was about not just the, the Mormon church, but the yeah, Christian churches, Jewish, it was all of it that many of the church leaders uh, were promoting the, uh, the utilization of that or, the, you know, but they didn't force you. They didn't say it. I mean, in, in reality, here's where it gets down to interpretation and, and, and the controversy lies. Did he say you must take it? No. He He's also a guy who is a, sur- I think, a surgeon, a cardiac surgeon. So he's a medical doctor his whole life before that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they, you know, if you take it with the uh, intent for those in the church that recognize what they call agency and what is it, what is it, uh, not prophecy, but direct 
um, revelation, revelation, right? Yep. That you still have to recognize your individual relationship with God and the divine. And so there were a lot of people that could see and say, all right, he did it. Doesn't mean I have to do it because right. there's still direct communication. But again, I agree. It caused a ruckus a little bit in like, oh my gosh, is he saying we all have to do it? And yes, yeah, some people would do it just because they see a church leader do it. And then others say, no, 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 it's agency. I still have the freedom to decide myself. Right. Uh, but the conflicts of interest at the, at the various religious levels is very real and very concerning because many people are just following and, uh, Oh, what can you say? I, 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 I'm I'm very sensitive to people's religious beliefs. I, I mm -hmm. don't try to direct them what to or not to believe as if they're living a what I call a godly life or if they're trying to find a follow a Christ like life. And many people here are doing that. Right. But when it comes to medicine and state and medicine and media and medicine and church, that's one of the controversies we could not ignore in the Utah Safe and Effective documentary. And it can be uncomfortable for some, but it's an important part of this because Modern medicine has encroached into every aspect and every area of our lives, uh, including uh, a religious life. It's, you know, I, I've talked about growing up Jewish and, uh, you know, the, the big thing is my son, the doctor, right? Making fun of my son, the doctor, right? Everybody praises the doctors that are in the, in the parish, you know, among the group, right? And yet I come to realize that doctors are the third leading cause of death. And I don't think that's very godly or godlike, not to say that all doctors are trying to cause death, but what they're trained to do is often poison the body back to health, which is absurd. Now, if you're a surgeon doing surgery and you're, you're saving somebody's life, that's an appropriate place for allopathic intervention, like a bullet wound, uh, you know, a car accident or something like that, or, you know, an organ, a severe organ failure of some kind. Uh, but by and large, to praise them just because they're doctors seems to be the deification of the medical community in the midst of a religious community, which, again, if it's Jewish, Muslim, Christian, whatever, I will talk and I will speak out against not the religion per se, but the adoption of false idols within religions, if you will. The medical so, sounds like a, sounds yeah. like a, a problem with a, a commandment or two going on there, huh? Yeah, that could be. Thou shall not put what false idols before me or something. One yeah. of those. You remember that one? Uh, thou shalt not uh, do Great bad stuff. Images. Thou shalt not. Uh, yeah. All right. Hey, how, I can't, I can't remember how it goes. I can't remember how it goes. It's, it's interesting. Somebody out there will know. Super D, I know. I don't know if we've got the visual on this. You can see me. I'm actually doing now. The, the I know. Stuff. It's like you're doing a TED Talk right now. I'm going to do the monitoring of the, of the booth and whatever. <laughs> We're pouring samples for everybody and. Uh, just, you know, saying hello as they're coming in. Brian Jones, the uh, uh, farmer with the flick of seed soil, just showed up. And All right. uh, yeah, so a lot of cool stuff happening here. I don't know okay. if line up for something over there. I don't know what they're lining up to get or do, but. All right. Anyway. Well, uh, for those of you, you know, we, we did tease that we were going to have Ginger Taylor on today. Uh, yes. But unfortunately, she had a scheduling conflict. So we'll be getting her on. Uh, sometime here in the very new, near future to talk about okay. a new website and a project that she's launched. Uh, but the opening story has to do with scientific con uh, consensus. Yes, yes. Uh, consensus being what? Manufactured consent? Um, the idea of, of science of consensus, I think they're in the Brownstone article, Super Don, don't they pick up on uh, the Neil deGrasse Tyson interview that Dell Bigtree did? They do, and yeah. we, we, and, and many other people had had some fun with that when that happened. Because in that interview, if you recall, there was a point where uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson 
said that he was only interested in consensus. Yeah. That's and all that, that the individual science uh, scientists didn't matter. The individual scientists did not matter. It was only consensus that mattered. Yeah, but what does that mean, consensus? It means a, a common agreed upon belief by a majority. And if you are a let's say a fan of, of uh, democracy, you to go, hey, yes, majority rules, isn't that awesome? But what if the majority of people are wrong? As in history, scientific history, plenty of examples to go on, including Ignace Semmelweis, who was, you know, uh, died penniless in like an institution because he dared to say, hey, wash your hands after cutting up on the cadavers before you deliver babies in the next room or next hospital set. How is that not, how is that not a thing before that? How I mean, are you telling there? me that he, yeah. he he just showed up one day and said, hey, guys, uh, I've used my brilliant scientific mind and I've come to the conclusion that uh, you should wash your hands yeah. before sticking your hands in somebody's uh, business. You know, well, it's like it, it was an observation that went against everything the medical community wanted to believe because they did not want to take responsibility for being the cause of illness and death. And here so he it was wasn't that they didn't know that it was making people sick and getting infections and causing people to die. It's just, they didn't want to be the one to be to blame. Yeah. They, they were like, you can't blame us. We are the experts. We would not do that. Is, is it just yeah. because we're so far advanced at this point that, you know, to anybody that you would say that to today, they'd just be like, duh. Yeah, exactly. That would You'd, be, I mean, all, back then they thought it was no big deal. If you got some dirt and some, you know, whatever in, in side. Yeah. Perception of disease causation was different in many cases. A lot That's of times. Bizarre. That's hard to, hard to wrap your head around. Yeah. But if we go to uh, Copernicus and Galileo, I think about that consensus was the earth was the center of the universe, for instance. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, you See, look to me it. though, that's a little bit different because you're talking about something out there. It's like that you, you genuinely haven't been there. You can't go there. You can't touch it. Mm -hmm. You really have no experience, you know, with it yet. You know, the difference between, you know, I just, I just sneezed into my hand and now I'm going to do surgery. Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of like, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it just seems obvious to me. Right. But, uh, and I'm not a doctor. Come on. Look, the, the idea, of course, of uh, HIV causing AIDS, consensus is still probably there, yet there are many other doctors and scientists over the years that have finally realized, well, no, we were lied to about that as well. And what was the consensus that they tried to manufacture about COVID vaccines, that they are safe and effective, right? And, and of course, it was so early on in the scientific you know, investigation, how could they ever make that claim? But it wasn't about science. It was about uh, economics, ultimately, control and maybe other nefarious agendas. But so many people be believed it. It was like if you stood against it, you are now anti-science. But the basis of good science is questioning. And even if you have a pretty good established idea of what causes what, it's possible that sometime in the future a scientific study uh, can come along. And it goes, well, that was actually wrong. You thought it was right, but it was wrong. Yeah. And so uh, when you come to those places and spaces, do you say, well, uh, consensus isn't really science. It's just a belief system based on a majoritarian view, a democratic view on what science uh, or the results of a scientific uh, experiment or experiments are. I just for me, that's a collectivist. Uh, it's not even an ideal, but it's a dangerous place where you adopt things that could be wrong and deadly. Like, what would we say about the consensus of medicine uh, for most people in America? Most people would say modern medicine is the best 
medicine system on the planet. Right. The majority would probably believe that. Right. But is it actually accurate when it comes to rate of death? Like if we look at homeopaths versus allopaths causing death, who causes more death? It's not even a close contest. It's a universal uh, construct that you'd have to create a whole other universe to say homeopaths are causing death. Now, the argument against homeopathy, of course, is there's nothing there, so it can't hurt you. But the problem is if you take a homeopathic remedy and you really needed a, a toxic drug and you die, it's the result of the homeopathic remedy, for instance. Correct. But, that, you know, even that is something that's, you know, not a validatable or, or let's say, falsifiable uh, uh, claim. You know, how do you falsify that statement? Because how do you know if they got the drug, they would actually live? Well, we just know because it's consensus. You believe it. And so most of what we have in our views of modern medicine are based on modern tradition and belief and even superstition like vaccination. Where is the double blind placebo controlled study showing safety and efficacy of any vaccine prior to even COVID shots? They don't do safety studies against placebo. So the gold standard of even what they call scientific establishment is not conducted. And then they say, well, in order to do that, that would be unethical because then we would be denying a treatment that is life-saving, despite the fact that they've never tested it to prove that it's life-saving, right? So we have, they get it both, they get to say it both ways and get away with it, right? It's not scientific, but then you didn't do the scientific study. You say it makes it scientific, but we can't do it in this case. So we're going to put that aside and just say it's scientific by belief, by consensus. Well, you know, <clears throat> we've talked about this before. Science has a built-in escape clause. Yes. And actually, you know, we might as well go into the the other one of the other stories we have scheduled for this this hour because it's, sure. it's a perfect. It was a perfect segue. Uh, it's one of the things that early on when I was spending some time digging into the the skeptics mm -hmm. and all of their their uh, strategies and tactics and stuff like that, that's one of them. Where it's science is is never wrong. Science doesn't make mistakes, right? Science, you know, the scientific you know method involves a hypothesis, and you put the hypothesis out there, and then you you then prove it wrong or prove it right, uh, but. You know, if you come up with a hypothesis and then it turns out that it's, quote, wrong. Right. They won't say that it was wrong. Mm -hmm. They'll just say, it's, you know, science doesn't make mistakes. What science science that, is self-correcting. Dude, what self do you say to that? Honestly, I mean, not as the skeptic, but as a, a, a skeptic to go, they made that claim. Now you're a skeptical guy. You think critically. What do you yeah. say to that? Well, the data at the time... This is what we thought, and that well, it 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 corrected itself, and mm -hmm. so now it's different. So there's a uh, there's an article here in today's show notes, mm -hmm. and it poses the question: Did CDC director intentionally lie to Congress, or is she just that misinformed? We're talking about obviously Rachel Walensky. Oh yes, yes. All right, mm -hmm. Walensky. She, she. You have a video of this, don't you? Yeah, there was a House committee uh, meeting, uh, and she was testifying there. And um, this, this is what happened here. Director Walensky, in March 2021 on MSNBC, you stated that quote vaccinated people do not carry the virus; they don't get sick. Do you remember making that statement? Yeah, under the I do. Well, I remember such statements. I don't know if I remember that one. Specifically. Okay, was that statement correct? 
At the time it was. It was a wild type uh, virus that we had. It was um, even before the alpha variant. It was the initial wild type virus. And all the data at the time suggested that um, people who were vaccinated, um, even if they got sick, couldn't transmit the virus to someone else. All right. Is that statement still correct? Um, well, so we've had an evolution of science and an evolution of the virus. We have since that wild type virus had the alpha variant, the delta variant, now the Omicron variant and numerous subvariants since. That statement is no longer correct with the Omicron subvariants we have right now. Dude. <laughs> Did you so I'm, <clears throat> I, I think I have a pretty good memory. Yes of how things transpired over the last three years, but I could be wrong, mm -hmm. but I don't ever remember it being a thing where they said, well, you know, with the, the, the first one, it was true. Yeah. If you got vaccinated, you, uh, you did not carry the virus and you could not transmit it to somebody else. But when it become mm -hmm. the alpha, uh, yeah. variant, then suddenly, uh, then it didn't work. Right. Right. I don't remember that. I remember it being a thing where they uh, they said that mm -hmm. you couldn't get sick and that you couldn't you wouldn't be contagious and you wouldn't transmit it. Uh, but there were other people that were going, no, 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 no. Wait, hold mm -hmm. on. That's that's not true. The consensus at that time said, yeah, yeah, you won't get sick. You won't transmit the virus. Right. The out the uh, the the other folks. That we're saying no, that's not true. That's the, it doesn't do that. We're the ones that were being quoted as being disinformation agents. <laughs> yes, I right? Know. Isn't that stunning? Right. So, so but she says, oh, but no, you know, there's been all these other variants and stuff. And yeah. with the Omicron variant, did you hear yeah. that? that's what she said? Yeah. With the current Omicron variant, uh, that is no longer true. Yeah. No, that that's was the, not true the with the Delta. That was not true with the the Alpha. Or whatever. I, I don't remember which Greek ones they yeah. used altogether, but yeah. From what I remember, that that wasn't true with any of the variants. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. So the question is, is Walensky lying now? Was she lying then and lying now? Or is she telling the truth now about what we thought we knew? So I wasn't lying because I believed it to be so. That was right? well, no. That now she didn't say that. Yeah. She said the data that we had at the time. Mm-hmm indicated that that was the case. Do you but remember? what about the data that was out there that was showing that wasn't the case? Exactly. Exactly. It, yeah, no. That it, was it was we there. Didn't like we didn't want you to but look. But that was at the it. junk science. That was right. the oh, that's what the crazy anti-vaxxers are saying. They're they're cherry picking the the studies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But it turned out that we were right. Yeah. Oh, we were definitely right. Absolutely. And so if we were right, would that yeah. not then mean yeah. That she was wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a, a rad. But have you noticed that Walensky, uh, Fauci, yeah. but whatever the other people are, mm -hmm. they don't say that. They will not say they were wrong. <laughs> they won't. No. It, remember back in the 70s, happy days, Fonzie? Of course. Remember the episode where he had to admit he was wrong? And it was like, I, I was, yeah, yeah, you can say like that, but they won't even get that close to acknowledge it. You're right. The infallibility of science, even when we're wrong, we're right. But what does that tell you that science has become a religion? Hasn't it? It's become a cult. You obey, you believe. And if there's evidence that contradicts what I'm telling you to believe the dogma, uh, well, you're wrong and you need to be shouted down ostracized or beheaded you know i don't think visual uh perfect how would we say it 
theoretically, no, that's not the word I'm looking for. Figuratively, not actually. Although there was times in the past where, yeah, they would behead you for, you know, yeah. slaughter you for not believing what you're supposed to believe, whatever the king, queen, or emperor had said you were supposed to believe. Now, in this so, article here over at The Defender, mm -hmm. uh, they point out the fact that, you know, this is what she's saying. Oh, there was an evolution of science and an evolution of the virus, as if to say mm -hmm. that it was right. It was true at one point, but that because the science and the virus evolved, that then that data at mm -hmm. the time that yeah. she thought was saying that the vaccine protected you from getting sick or from you transmitting to other people was right. It turns out, and according here to somebody like, I don't know, let's say like Jay Bhattacharya. Yeah. He's kind of qualified in this area, is he not? Say, yeah. yeah, he says, he says there was no such evidence at the time that that, uh, that, that was true and that there wasn't enough data to claim yeah. that vaccinated people were, were completely protected or that they couldn't transmit the virus to other people. Do you remember the difference between relative risk reduction and, and actual risk reduction? When they came out, remember the, the key number, 95%? It's showing to be 95% effective. 95 mm -hmm. Do you remember that? I do remember that. In the documentary, and Superdon, you haven't watched this yet, but in the midst of all the things that you get to watch because we have Q streaming now, yes. watch the documentary, Utah Safe and Effective. Go to utahsafeandeffective.org because we actually show you when that all came out, how everybody was parroting the same script all across the board. And then, of course, we go into the scientific reference points that show you how that was so in inaccurate as to be implausibly claimed to be a mistake, right? No, it was a bald-faced lie, but who who questioned it besides us and a few others? They were lying to you. And Walensky is either, a, you know, a bald-faced liar or she's a moron like um, who's the vice president? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That she, Kamala Harris? Yeah, I'm just yes. sorry. that, that the, I do not see these people as clearly intelligent people. They are opportunists. How did they get their job? It wasn't because they're so smart. And, uh, you know, if that offends anybody, I'm, I'm willing to offend based on the fact that, you know, she made claims that it was safe and effective. And if she's a medical doctor or a research PhD scientist, any, any number of things, Okay, Kamala Harris is not. I know that, but we're talking Walensky now at CDC. Did she make a oops? Was it an oops? Or should she have known better? You know, it's not like you're a lay layperson or a reporter that's just parroting stuff because a doctor said so because they're authoritarian worshipers. You're one of the authoritarians in that realm, and you said this, and you go, oops, I was wrong because all the data we had showed that, but how many of us saw data that showed the opposite? And so what was consensus? It was whoever had the power of the microphone in the, at that media level. Again, conflicts of interest between medicine and state, medicine and media, medicine and church. We keep coming back to that thematically. Now, let me see here. This uh, Utah Safe and Effective, I have this. I'm going to hold this up to the, the camera. I don't know if this is visible or not, or you can actually scan that and see. But you can go to utahsafeandeffective.org. Uh, you can support the Health Independence Alliance. And you can watch the, the the documentary film for free. And so uh, I'd hope you all do that to see what we're talking about here because it's very prescient to this opening on consensus, science by consensus. So, yeah. Okay. How you guys doing? So, uh, anyway, that's what we're dealing with here. Neil Schultz should be joining us momentarily. He's uh, been racing back and forth. It's very busy here. People are flocking into this place. It's kind of fun. Uh, yeah. Um, you see me having to talk to the 
you guys and talk to the people here all at the same time. Makes it hard for you to, to look at the article, though. I it? know it does. It's true. But I, I appreciate you, Super D, being my rock today. Not that you're not every day, but more so than ever for an unusual broadcast like this. Well, here's something I think is significant. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've been talking about emergency use authorizations for for a while now. Yeah, yeah. And uh, why they're not good. Yeah, exactly. Well, this is the first time I've seen this headline. Apparently, the FDR has with FDR. FDA. That's great. FDR. The FDA has withdrawn the emergency use authorization for the original COVID vaccine. Do you see this? Yeah. Like, uh, I knew, wasn't I saying about this, that eventually they would have to pull back on the use of these experimental shots because there was no emergency anymore. Not that there ever really was in that context, but. What they're doing now is they're basically saying, well, you know, these, these original uh, COVID vaccines, they're just, they're not really any good anyway, because they don't address the current strain. Silver and copper. Yeah. The current uh, uh, variant. Mm-hmm. And so they've decided, well, we're just going to get rid of the EUA for those. Uh, and instead we're going to recommend the boosters. Because they want to try and get people as up to date as possible mm-hmm. uh, to deal with these new Omicron subvariants that are are popping up. With what evidence that the boosters actually work? Well, let's ask Rachel Walensky. No, let's not. Uh, <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Perfectly thought out there. I love it. Yeah. yeah. So the new the new Omicron is is uh, I actually hadn't seen this. It's XBB. Hmm. Uh, okay. XBB. The XBB Omicron variant. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, oh gosh, I, I just have a hard pressed time taking these things seriously at this point. As much as they made stuff up the entire time, they're still going. How do we hang on there? How do we fulfill our obligations to our pharmaceutical paymasters? And it, it is by promoting whatever they can ex- get away with promoting as far as in injections and boosters. If we if we even look at the germ theory and just say, all right, let's give credence to the idea of antibodies and all that, and I, I don't mean to dispose of antibodies in total when I say this, but the idea that they're specific to whatever's you know going around. Uh, we are in what is known as the endemic phase. The endemic phase, that is, it's everywhere. It's already been there. Everybody's been exposed to it. Not everybody manifested the severity of symptoms like you did at a certain point, Super D, but everybody, even mild and no symptoms, have, have been exposed to this. So whether you have antibodies or not, I think is somewhat irrelevant because the immune system is more complex than just antibodies. So that if you have antibodies, great, but you can still get sick, as they po- pointed out with the induction of artificially the antibodies of COVID jabs. And we saw more manifestation of what we call COVID or COVID-like symptoms in those who were jabbed, fully jabbed, jabbed again and again and again, versus those who had natural immunity from exposure, interaction, whether antibodies were produced or not, they seem to have less recurrence. And even if the recurrence did occur, it was much milder. Heck, there was a, 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 did you see the Joe Rogan thing? I think I sent you this clip, but uh, Joe Rogan was talking with um, uh, Jim Brewer, the comedian again. I have not seen that yet. No, Dude, I heard about it, but up. I haven't seen and it. Once again, Rogan goes on about the vaccine, how people were getting the worst cases of COVID after getting jabbed. And Brewer brings up a friend of his whose daughter was in a college age, a rower, if you will. What do they call that? Uh, 
sculling, rowing, whatever, yeah. um, took the shot and ended up with uh, blood clots on her liver. And he said, the doctors actually were trying to say, well, she rows a lot, as if suddenly rowing is now uh, a precursor to blood clots on your liver. I mean, again, it's absurd. And you got comedians and talk show hosts that are smarter than these doctors trying to proclaim they don't know what causes it, but they know it's not the jab, right? For instance, just absurd. Hmm? So uh, again, we're dealing with absurdities within the medical intelligence here, or, or basically uh, the arena of uh, allopathic medicine here. And I'm going to get my buddy Neil Schultz in here. Let me see if I can get this microphone hooked up here and unmute you there and go there. Do you see my buddy, Dr. Neil Schultz? Hey, here he we're is. Here. He's there here. he is. You can hear him and see him. Yeah. Awesome. So we're doing stand-up talk because I've been interacting, and I'm sure at your booth, too, it's been kind of crazy. People are flooding in fast here. They are. And it's busy. Yeah. Good, good crowd. Today. It's really good. And uh, congratulations. Angle that camera up a little bit, Robert. Yeah, sure your thing. Head's, your head's cut My off. head's cut off. Here we go. Yeah. See, oh, there oh, we, we go. are. All right. Don't cut your head off. No, don't cut <laughs> my head off. So, this guy, Neil Schultz, if you don't know him, uh, one of my best buddies here since we, you know, got to this area, homeopath, naturopath, works with homeoprophylaxis. And he's been one of the guys that we've been hanging out, meeting with a lot of doctors of all kinds of backgrounds, sharing our information in, in a, a way that didn't put anybody above another. It was just, we all have a knowledge base and we try to help each other. And, and Neil's been doing that, uh, for a long time. And uh, he's got a booth here at the Be Healthy Utah event with his wife, and he's got great remedies, including the things Dr. Brian Artis has been talking about. Especially those things that Artis has been talking about. I yeah. think he's the forerunner of what's really happening out there with this thing. Everybody else is dealing with remedies and things that are going to counter and work, but he's pinpointed the exact cause of the problem, which is what we need to know with homeopathy, right? Yes. And and then we can counter it that way. Yeah. And so uh, the controversy, of course, over the snake venoms, and I love to be able to speak in the way I do as a homeopath to say, if people are having problems with believing anything about snake venom peptides and things, I'm like, all right, don't worry about it. It doesn't matter. For homeopathic medicine, it doesn't matter. If the symptoms match, you can use, by the law of similars, the the remedy, even if it isn't the venom itself. So it counteracts it regardless. But there's a lot of evidences we've seen the homeopathic uh, community. We've, we've acknowledged that symptoms can guide us, even though we don't try to suppress symptoms. They dictate to us what remedies are more appropriate for so-called treatment. But if we go back in terms of the, the pharmaceutical industry's investigation into snake venoms as a, a potential for patent medicines, that's been happening for decades. That's not controversial, is it? Not that I'm aware of. And, and especially since he's uncovered it in the research with the documentation that he's provided. I, I think that's beautiful. Uh, and he's basically said yesterday on the, uh, you know, we got to plug Jonathan Otto and you for doing such a great job on uh, Otto's latest docuseries. Oh, my gosh. It's the cures. It's the things that we need to hear that we need to know that are mm -hmm. really important for what's going on today. And as artists explained, you know, the PCR test is basically just there to pick up the peptides of the snake venoms. And, and whether you think that that's real or not, just mm -hmm. capitalizing on what you just said, mm -hmm. if you take a look at um, what's planned, and we're talking about hemorrhagic fever, Ebola, Marburg, those things right, right. that they're calling, guess what's causing those? 
the snake venoms. That's the typical symptoms of snake venom. And that's critical when you understand that. So guess what the best preventative in the world is or the mm. best acute cure? The snake venom remedies, the yeah. Ophiophagus hana and the Bungaris, mm -hmm. the crate and the king cobra that specifically Brian Artis has talked about. Yeah, and, and I've talked with Brian on this show and off the air about that. Uh, we have incredible safety and ability to respond because there, there are other things that are he's talking about the nicotinic receptors, right? The yes. nicotine mm -hmm. playing a role in there as well. And we have that in homeopathy. We do. And so I you, have it here at the show. So you don't have to chew Nicorette gum or smoke cigarettes to get it. <laughs> uh, and so there are healthier ways to in introduce uh, again. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so if we look at, um, again, the the blood a lot of the the, the issues with uh, we talk about hemorrhagic indicates blood-borne issues or disorders or dysfunction uh we did see a lot in covid oxygenation issues coagulation issues things that matched up with those snake venom remedies so perfectly that's why before brian artis was talking about it we were going hey these these are remedies that do match up and then he began to speak about it it was like starting to make sense you know the thing that that i remember the most is when people said it feels like it's an elephant sitting on my chest mm -hmm. they couldn't breathe that paralyzation of the respiratory system the, yeah. the lungs exact snake venom remedies exact yeah. snake venom uh representation there yeah totally super don did did when you were going through the worst of it i don't remember if i sent you any remedies um, and i'm a bad uh, host and friend if i didn't but i thought you know we, we tried to get you as much as we could to get you through it because super yeah you you and everybody yeah, yeah i i kind of just threw the entire kitchen sink at it mm -hmm. because it was so bad yeah well, back then we had to we yeah. didn't know yeah yeah, we, we yeah. Didn't, i know. mean i i had the monoclonal antibodies mm -hmm. uh i had I had uh, uh, someone sent me uh, ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine and bedenis, but what is it? Budenicide. Budenicide. Right. I had uh, people f f sending me, uh, you know, natural antibiotics and, and antivirals and all. I mean, it was all the whole thing. So yeah. I can't put my finger on the one thing that did it. Mm -hmm. I think I do, but I will say mm -hmm. that I do believe that the monoclonal antibodies did have an effect. Um, which I got, and there's a lot of people I know that have had the same experience. Mm -hmm. But like I said, I tried everything. I was I was uh, nebulizing silver like crazy. Yep, that's right. Yeah, I hadn't yeah. I hadn't bought a uh, a nebulizer yet. <laughs> you know, you were buying like, your grandkids' nebulizer. I ordered one on Amazon and I got one. And okay. yeah, so anyway, very good. Yeah. Very well, good. But, you know, back then we used to fix up a basket uh, when people would come over to our place to pick up stuff uh and and we would have like you said the, the, everything but the kitchen sink in there that we would throw at it but you know that's when uh we really didn't have an idea exactly what it was but in the early days we thought you know it was a virus but now yeah. we know that it's not and then you know so what's really good and i use this term a lot is we've been paving that yellow brick road while we go and there's still a lot of things we don't know, but by golly, we know a lot more today than we did a year ago, and especially two and a half years ago, three years ago. Mm -hmm. So it is it is wonderful to have this information come out and know that we are on top of it. And somehow we've got to reach these people who don't know yet. Um, you, you know, I mean, they don't know that they don't even know in a lot of yeah, cases, right? Pretty much so. I mean, 
the things that we talk about on the show, of course, are far beyond the capacity of, a, uh, let's say, mainstream television news pundits, even if they have a medical degree. In fact, it makes it harder for them to communicate any of this. Tougher for them to break in, yeah. Right, exactly. So uh, as we talk about this, I realize even amongst my friends in, in broadcast uh, community, uh, where we go can be sometimes even controversial for them. Because yeah. the, the controversy of virus, no virus, on one level, if you're suffering uh, from the devastating impacts like uh, Super Don had, you don't give a flip whether it's virus or no virus. You just need, I need help. Yeah. Right? And so and, I get that too. And yeah. sometimes I tell my clients that way, hey, we really, really don't care what works. We just care that it works. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, we, we, the good thing about natur- naturopathic medicine is we have so many different options. Um, I believe that God has created on every continent at least a half a dozen ways to fix virtually everything. Mm-hmm. And so whether we choose herbs or whether we choose energy or whether we choose elements, mm-hmm. we have the option to deal with all of those things. And if we hit the nail on the head, if, if we as the naturopathic people can do it, yeah. we, can, we have achieved wonderful things. I liked what... Uh, Dr. Peter McCullough mentioned over this new docu-series about naturopathic medicine. Yeah. And, and and he's been very complimentary towards us as a field yeah. in reaching out and saying, these people are, always seem to be ahead of the curve. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's a great compliment. Well, and it's a credit to him that he's not leading with his ego. Yeah, true. And many in the phys- physician community, that's where they are and have been for a long time. And uh, they acknowledge now that they are behind. Like we've been talking about this for decades. Uh, we'd argue homeopaths for centuries, perhaps, but uh, um, we're not invited typically to the table of discussion. And that's been another ongoing theme as we come to that yeah. next phase. Where do we go from here? Do we continue to ignore the people that were right or just include the people that were wrong that became right but still don't know the stuff that you know or that I know and others? And I think McCullough is very enthusiastic about bringing everybody out together. I, I've th- seen. That's yeah. what I sense. Yeah. And, and, you know, since the day that I first met him at the Your Health Freedom Symposium th- three years ago, yeah. he has always been very cordial, very open, and very respectful of the naturopathic field. And I think that is great. And he's not the only one. Dr. Yeah. Larry Polevsky is saying Pilevsky, yeah. uh, is, it was very good that way, too. In fact, all all of them who spoke that day were great. Dr. Jim Meehan, yeah, Paul Meehan's Thomas. Great. Paul Thomas, yeah. All of these people. Outstanding. And, and man, what, what we're talking about is something that... Um, their curricula, it, it didn't involve any of the, the things that uh, Dr. Neal, well, I call you doctor. I know that the, the controversy here. Hey, we're in I, Utah. Be careful. Right. When I use the term doctor for Utah policeman or whatever, <laughs> it's the origin of the word is physician or healer, teacher. Teacher. And it, teacher. Isn't, it isn't something that is aligned necessarily with allopathic medicine and licensure. Uh, and, and so we have to be careful about language that's being used. But in terms of that doctor meaning teacher, yes, in that context. But what they have been taught, what the allopaths have been taught has been very narrow in terms of petrochemical patent medicine coming back from Flexner Report of 1910 mm-hmm. that led to, again, a, a monopolistic schism. Uh, and, of course, I, I'll mention this in my talk later today. I like to do that. Back in 1844, the American Institute of Homeopathy was founded. Three years later, 1847, the American Medical Association founded to counteract the rise and growth of homeopathic medicine in, in the United States, uh, mainstay of medicine in the 19th and, and early 20th century before it was, uh, uh, you know, 
crowded out. But you do know that the first medical association of any kind in the United States was a homeopathic medical association. Yeah, yeah. And so it was uh, it it was just phenomenal what was going on. And then, as you said, the the 1910 Flexner report, which put the uh, kibosh on any of the colleges who wanted to to do anything other than the uh, Rockefeller pharmaceutical medicine, basically. Exactly. And so we are we are dealing with over a hundred years since that point in time of indoctrination, yeah. and so the things that I've been doing in broadcast media for now twenty four years, obviously, so it's it's it was very radical when I started, but even today it's still considered fringe by many. Although, as you point out, many physicians have come on board, and how many doctors come on this show? And Super Don, you can you can remember this that go. I watch your show. I listen to your show. I appreciate what you're doing because I don't know about it or I can't say it even if I know about it. I mean, we've had that a lot. I thought you guys were witch doctors. <laughs> we <laughs> actually had somebody somebody say that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but I and I, this this happened, Neil, you don't know about this. Um, a couple of weeks ago when I, my wife and I went to Denver for the weekend for an event of the Easter weekend, uh, I ran into a guy that I met in originally in Nigeria and then in Ghana when I spoke to the healthcare providers, they're the doctors there. And I, and I was there in Africa telling them, reject the medicine of the West, modern medicine. We are killing you. We're killing people everywhere. Go back into the bush and save the medicine of your ancestors. Yeah. And we'll all be better for it. Yeah. And I've told that story so many times that I almost got it thought I was a, you know, it was a myth at this point. You tell the story. I'm like, and I happen to run in this guy. He runs into me. He's like, my gosh, you remember we were on Busua beach in Ghana. I kept you up all night talking about this stuff. And you would tell me about this. You told us about this. And he went on and on and how he is now since that time, utilized the medicine of his ancestors, the Bush medicine and saved the lives of many people, including family members. And so, uh, you know, that, that's the native tradition I'm talking about. Thousands of years or millennia of information abandoned because of the Flexner Report of 1910. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And, and, you know, that brings up a good subject that I was going to talk about here anyway, Robert. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's we are the only field of medicine that has documentation, proof, over 240 years of provings, documentation that no other field of medicine has. And so when they criticize us, for not being studied and well-researched, mm. they just don't know what they're talking about because homeopathy does have mm. a much better history than anybody else yeah. in, the, in the entire medis- medical world. Better than naturopathic, better than allopathic, better than energy, better than any field. We yeah. have it. We, we have it documented. Now, I'll say this uh, to Neil's statement there. Some of you might push back if you're from, you know, an allopathic inclination and go, wait, what about the double-blind placebo-controlled studies? Da, da, da. Well, some of those have been conducted, but it also doesn't necessarily fit when we talk about uh, homeopathic prescribing and individualization of treatment. If you are individualizing the selection of a remedy for one person that might be different from the other with similar suffering or similar circumstances, you cannot broad base and say one remedy is the right remedy for everybody. No. And so that's different than allopathic medicine, it is. which powers through through its toxicological, you know, suppression or forceful, you know, to alter metabolism. Well, and they research things that one size fits all. Mm-hmm. And while we have well over 6,000 remedies in homeopathy, it isn't a one size fits all. And mm-hmm. I use the illustration a lot of... Uh, Oh, you know, mom has a sore throat and she uses belladonna to fix that for her daughter. So the neighbor has a 
child who now gets a sore throat. She says, oh, try Belladonna. That works from, you know, work all the time. That works. And, and the symptoms are different because not all sore throats are created equal, right? Right. And so when the symptom picture doesn't match, it's not going to work. So I, how often do I hear, oh, you know, homeopathy is probably really good, but it just doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. And it's just simply because they don't have the right match of the right, right. remedy. Right. Um, you, you have to take the time to match the symptoms. But mm-hmm. when you do, when you understand the truths of the Materia Medica yeah. and you can use that repertory properly, mm-hmm. you can get it. Yeah. And, hey. Super Don, uh, did you know, I saw on our Telegram channel, the fans of RSB show, uh, there was a reference that our buddy Tom Woods had on a homeopath, a woman who I've never, I don't know, but I would love to get on our show because she's all libertarian, Mises, economics, and she also happens to be a homeopath, and Tom Woods interviewed her about it. And she also addressed the the scientific issue that, you know, we're also messaging, uh, mentioning, and yes, there have been what we call meta-analyses of homeopathic kind of studies right. showing outcomes in general being much superior to those treated allopathically or pharmaceutically. And yet that's not the same thing as a standardized across the board, one remedy for everybody, because that doesn't always match up. Now I've talked about my training clinically, the French approach of drainage, which does have a little bit of applicability to a almost one size fits all scenario, as opposed to classical similimum prescribing. And that is when we acknowledge the commonality of the environment that everybody is in, that's what's the same, even though we're all different. The impact on us might manifest differently, but it all will go through the liver, for instance. The liver would be congested in everybody. So I could give in a low potency or low attenuation way uh, remedies that will affect the liver's function that doesn't necessarily chase the symptoms that are manifesting because the liver's congested, even though I know it's related or connected. And you see, so we're going deeper in that. It's a little bit different in the it evolution is. of prescribing. It is. And when you when you bring up the point of, uh, of uh, national symptoms or worldwide symptoms and so forth, they call that genus epidemicus. Mm-hmm. And, and that just means that the homeopaths of the world have communicated and understood what these are mm-hmm. and then arrived at a solution. You, you take a look at COVID and, and the, the country of India. What, what do they have? Four times our population and they had 20% of our mortality. And what are their sanitation situations compared to ours? Yeah. And, and, and so, but they had chose the genus epidemicus of Arsenicum album to use in that case. So it was the country of Cuba. And so it was amazing to mm-hmm. see homeopathy watch until the vaccines came out mm-hmm. And then uh, it was a whole different. Um, it was a whole different perspective, especially in the country of India. Then, then they started dropping like flies, and it's like, oh my mm-hmm. gosh, come on, no. wake up and continue with what you've been doing with the with the home- homeopathy. And and one of the things we learned under COVID too is that it it basically revealed underlying weaknesses or pre-existing conditions and just exploded oh, them. Yeah, that was another aspect of this. Was. Why did it, you know, go various different ways? And again, which threw us a curveball, mm-hmm. right? And so that was that was hard. That made the yellow brick road kind of hard to understand, which goes back to Don's uh, point, mm-hmm. which, you know, sometimes you just had to throw the kitchen sink and 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 everything came together then to save your life we're not opposed to that when right? you're <clears throat> when you're gasping for air yeah, yeah. You, you pretty much you're gonna just try everything that's just yeah. how it works yeah and so you know as i'm going to talk again about copper here because i think it's still 
it's very so deficient, but also the knowledge of it is still very deficient in the general public and the doctor community. And when we talk about many of the bloodborne diseases, oxygenation issues, we come back to a common theme that was happening across the board for a lot of people. So we see that what is manifesting may be similar, although not identical, but could be due to similar things like a deficiency of key minerals. So that's where I, you know, as a homeopath, I'm not an isolationist. We go into the broader base of naturopathy that brings out beyond just the homeopathic remedy to say, what else is involved in symptom, man yeah. uh, let's say manifestation or whatever. Oh, is, is it break time already, Super D? We, we just nailed the first hour of the Robert <laughs> Scott Bell Show. How did we do awesome. that? I, hey, I was only a small part. Dude, no, you're a rocking part. I love you. And for those of you who have sent uh, messages to me, uh, Jab Reverse, you know that title, uh, or to Super Don, this is who I'm getting it back to, to my buddy, Neil. And he's he's taking care of many of you guys and gals out there. He's a wonderful man. Is there a website I should direct them to? No, I, this, no. these okay. are things that don't fit well on a website, okay. as you're well yeah, aware. Yeah, so, yeah. so, you know, it's just best to uh, rely on a personal communication level so that I can make sure that we, we're dealing with integrity and, uh, and, and truth okay. all the way through. So thank you all for being here. Uh, it's a wild and woolly uh, Robert Scott Bell show. Uh, we are live at Be Healthy Utah. Uh, Neil's got to cover his booth. His wife's covering it, probably frantic. Where's my husband? I got to, because there's <laughs> lots of people coming. And I hope to see you either today or tomorrow, the 21st or 22nd of April. RobertScottBell.com slash listen for the, the live chat room or just the homepage. And you can see all that we're doing on today's uh, episode and all the links. And please share the show. Uh, we don't get there because we don't have big pharma money. We don't have big pharma PR. We have word of mouth. You guys talking about what we do, what I do, and helping people like Neil do extraordinary work to bring the power to heal back where it belongs. And that is my message as we take the break at the top of the hour. Then we're going to go to Canada. No, I'll still be here, but we got some Canadian discussion to do up, up there as well. Uh, so God bless you. Thank you for being here. Be back after the top of the hour break because the power to heal is yours. Okay, as you can see here, the bar is open, uh, pouring uh, cocktails. <laughs> the Robert Scott Bell Show. Look at my butt. There's copper and silver. And uh, yeah, people are just having a flooded good time. No floods uh, other than flooding with copper and silver. Uh, yeah, we got a great turnout here at the Be Healthy Utah Conference and uh, Sandy, Utah at the Mountain America Expo Center. And uh, just a lot of wonderful people here. And... Yeah, yeah, go grab the full ones there. And uh, just like I said, keeping the bar flowing, keeping people healthy and well. So there we go. That's a crazy thing. Now we're going to be going to, uh, where are we going today? We're going to go to uh, British Columbia. British Columbia a little later in the show. Yeah. So looking forward to uh, catching up with some of our friends north of the border. And, uh, yeah, please feel free to take samples as you want, Will, and uh, I'll be lecturing at 3.15 this afternoon. Yeah, yep. <laughs> this happens every uh, time. It should be a schedule at Roberts, entrance, I think. Yeah. Robert's live on the show, and everybody's Hi, like, hey, on the hey, show. hey, I know, I'm doing a show and doing a show all at the same time. Uh, <laughs> so I don't have an on-air button. There you go. And uh, 
this is uh, this is the fun stuff. Now, the interesting opening article that you have for for this hour uh, before we go to Canada uh, is a great one, and it's one of my favorite topics. And uh, it's about the the, the cult like devotion to the religion of of vaccinology within the Church of Pharmaceutical Mysticism. It's a, uh, a we call it a subcategory or a denomination, right? You have different denominations of a church. Well, one of the key denominations, and in fact, maybe it's part of the just dogma of most churches in in terms of pharmaceutical mysticism, is this belief in vaccines. It's sacrament in the church of pharmaceutical mysticism. And over the course of the COVID, uh, now three years of stuff that's going on, uh, we've talked about the diminishment in the, um, uh, the devout worship of these jabs, not just the COVID jab that came out, mRNA. And what was interesting about the mRNA jab is we said, I was loath to call it a vaccination because it didn't meet the definition. Yet they altered the the definition so they could call it a vaccination, but much to their detriment, those who worship vaccines, is that they've destroyed utterly and pretty foundationally the faith in all previous vaccinations as well. Now, that's not just me saying it. I mean, obviously, I felt that was happening. But it turns out UNICEF is now acknowledging this, that people have lost faith in childhood vaccinations during the COVID vaccination, uh, COVID pandemic. And mm. rather than being a cause for panic, it's a reason for celebration. Because there's no basis for saying that vaccines are the most incredible invention in the history of, of mankind to protect us from dying from what we call, that they call vaccine preventable uh, diseases or infections. As we look back, and this is not new to this audience or this show, um, knowing what we know about the 20th century, the emergence of uh, the vaccine religion in a massive way, that they did not reduce mortality, much less incidence of these so-called infectious diseases. In fact, they were on the way out, as you see the long sloping downward slope, prior to the vaccination introduction, and then they just take eliminate all of the previous years and blow up the year that the vaccine became available, for instance, and they show this onward decline, and they claim it was responsible for the whole decline. Now, that was a hard sell because people had been programmed. What about the iron lung? What about polio? Well, polio is DDT. Polio, again, a toxicological, neurological toxic disorder when exposed to things that are highly neurotoxic. There are other things that could contribute to it, but to claim that they have one virus isolated is something I've disputed for a long time as well. And we can go into many other of these childhood eruptive uh, diseases, so to speak, that are rites of passage and development to mature like measles to help mature function, liver function, etc. Part of the maturation process of the species, if you will. And rather than ask questions about should we eliminate measles because we can but I argue that they haven't eliminated measles. They've altered or suppressed the expression of measles. We've actually weakened generations now and made vulnerable generations that used to be exposed through uh, maternal, what we call maternal antibodies, maternal immunity. Uh, now it's eliminated because no one really had them or very few people. Now, well, and how many times did you hear them try and tell you that, well, listen, natural immunity. No, no, that's not, that's, that's the, not that's not the good immunity. The good immunity is the vaccine-induced immunity. Well, that's what happened, particularly with COVID. Natural, uh, but there was a history of understanding that natural immunity was superior. If you had it, you didn't need it. 
the jab wasn't necessary. It wasn't a controversy. And then suddenly in COVID, they forgot what an immune system was. They, <laughs> you know, it was like, well, no, natural immunity is inferior. You don't have one unless you get yeah. a vaccine. Yeah, right? exactly. So it, yeah. it's been an extraordinary journey uh, through the lunacy, idiocy, and moronic uh, manifestations of the medical mafia. And their, their dream to make sure that you don't have an immune system. Not that there wasn't one before, but forget that. Now we have these artificial injections that are better than what God gave you in terms of a natural immune system. And I, I think people of faith should have been offended by that. But then many people of faith were duped into COVID jabs. As we mentioned last hour, the controversy of many religious leaders of various faiths were all in encouraging their you know followers and their flock to get the shot or went on the air to show, hey, I'm getting the shot. And that should have been offensive to anybody of faith. Not that you know you don't have the choice to make and everybody gets that choice, but to use your influence undue to impact those that don't think clearly or critically for themselves because they just follow religious leaders. And again, coming back to the documentary, if you have not seen it, Utah Safe and Effective. This documentary, go to utahsafeandeffective.org and you can actually donate to the Health Independence Alliance if you're so inclined to do when you go there. But watch this film. It's free. And we cover the, the, the conflicts of interest of medicine and state, medicine and uh, media, medicine and religion. Very shouldn't be controversial because that's what happened. And so if people are, quote unquote, losing faith in vaccines, that's good. That means we're maturing as a species. We're moving past the magic death stick that we believe, you know, if somebody pointed the death stick, the, the medicine man, you were going to die in three days. The power of belief is such that it would manifest and you would die in three days. That's the power of the mind. The question is, can you believe your way out of vaccine injury and damage? Perhaps, but I'm not waiting for that. I'm encouraging you to engage in homeopathic remedies, naturopathic remedies, detox strategies, other things that Tracy Straub and Judy Mikovits are helping to promote and teach people about. Um, Nutritional Frontiers has amazing products like their Enter DMG, dimethylglycine, to counteract a lot of the exposure to things like uh, glyphosate, which are punching holes in your gut creating dysbiosis as well as malabsorption and other kind of immune disorders that result from that. So my focus on healing the gut, of course, has been something that's been part of this show and me for ever since I became a homeopath, but I'll always try to adopt more efficient means by which to help you and help myself as my family as well. So if you haven't encountered the um, clinical homeopathy uh, presentation I did for uh, Trinity School of Natural Health, it's a lecture on demand, you can go to trinityschool.org and download that. Uh, I think they were running a special on it, but still it's very valuable, the baseline for clinical homeopathy, and you can apply that to, to anything just about to make everything work better. So these are the things we do here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Am I upset that people are losing faith in vaccines? No, I'm very encouraged by that. There's an opportunity to strengthen general, general natural immunity like never before in this lifetime as we abandon the uh, superstitions of the real quote-unquote witch doctors of the Flexner Report medical doctor variety. And I believe we have a medical physician on today from Canada, and he can speak to that if, if he disagrees with anything I, I say. I don't, he might not. He might. I don't know, but I'm willing to risk it because I believe in speaking this truth. So, Supernon, anything else you want to comment on this particular article? 
No, I just, I just, uh, you know, I guess the one, the one thing that always comes to mind when I see these things is they, they act shocked and surprised. The people, you know, people just don't seem to trust us like they used to. Yeah, imagine that. Well, it's because they paid attention the last three years because you gave them nothing else to do but to stare mm-hmm. at, at, at all the the monkey business that was going on. It was front yeah. and center. Yep. For three years, you you know, you exposed yourself. Everybody contradicting each other and lying about things. You know, they they uh, they got a, a really quick uh, primer mm-hmm. on how the system <laughs> is yeah. rigged and how it really works. And they go, I don't know. I just don't understand. People just don't have the confidence and the, the faith that they had before. Well, stop right. lying to people. Yeah, that start would be there. Let's start there. And then Great. we can kind of see where things go from there. Yeah. By the way, we have some really good upcoming events, don't we? It's not only the Be Healthy Utah this weekend, next weekend in Nashville, Tennessee, with the Warners putting on an amazing event, uh, 28th through 30th of April. Uh, there's so many more events. I wish I could go to all of them. I'm going to a lot of them, though, apparently. Uh, you can check it out, the upcoming events tab at robertscottbell.com. Um, we're pouring shots of silver and copper here. Uh, I, love, I love to do that, it really getting people uh, well. I just took my copper shot. I'm fasting today. It's my... Friday fast each week and in the midst of the frenetic energy here, I'm somehow warming up because it was very cold this morning in this trade show hall as they open the doors for people to load in. Uh, But uh, that's why I'm standing and interacting in a different way today on the show. So who do we have coming up uh, joining us from Canada today? Uh, We have got uh, Dr. Shung, Dr. Shung, Shung. and Mm -hmm. we have got Danielle Pastilli and Alicia Johnson, who I believe we had on like a year or two ago. They're amazing. uh, What what I call them renegades. And that means a good thing to me. A renegade is someone who doesn't uh, fall in line easily with artificial dictates and, 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 you know, martial law mandates, whether it be COVID jabs, masks or shutdowns, lockdowns, no freedom of speech, et cetera. And now Canada, it's a different country, obviously, duh. But we've talked about that they have a charter of rights, but it's not like our Declaration of Independence where they acknowledge that our rights come from God, not government in uh, Canada, unless I misunderstand, it was an act of parliament. So that can be revoked. So it's a different scenario. Yet I know the people of Canada. I've been up there many times over the years to the uh, Good people. Total Health Canada event in Toronto. And I just have enjoyed my times up there so much. And I feel for the people there that are struggling to maintain freedom, much less regain it. And I think there's some issues there of, of uh, medical mandates socialized medicine, single-payer systems that are warnings to the world, much less of those of you in, Amer- in the United States that think a single-payer system would solve all of our problems. Danielle and Alicia will uh, let us know about that, as well as Dr. York uh, Shung. So let's bring them in. Let's see. I see you. There's Danny and Alicia. Hi. 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 <laughs> Thanks Hello. for having me, Robert. Oh, and Dr. And Dr. York Chung, right? We're welcoming all of you from Canada. And it looks beautiful behind you, Dr. York. Uh, you look like you're in green, the green part of Canada, which is BC. Well, you know, we're in Vancouver, actually. And we have oh. a saying in Vancouver. Um, um, we don't tan, we rust. <laughs> is it because of the, the moisture? It rains about uh, eight or nine months of the year. Gotcha. Well, it's beautiful and green there. And uh, I'm in the high desert right now and uh, just happy to have you all on with us. And maybe I'll go to Danny and Alicia to introduce what we're going to discuss today. What's going on in Canada? We have a lot of fans and friends in Canada. And uh, I, I, I know I originate usually from the United States where I'm broadcasting, but I'm happy to communicate anything of import to those of you there north of our border. 
Yeah, it's been it's been interesting over here in BC. I think we're probably one of the most tyrannical provinces across this country right now. And uh, I know places like Australia, New Zealand, and in Canada have been a bit of a playground for testing testing for you know. And uh, we've been arguing that BC probably across Canada right now has been dealing with the the harshest mandates uh, across the world. So and we met with. And um, and together we just wanted to help support what his organization is doing, which is uh, spearheading a judicial review here in BC to force the government to show their science. Because as we know, everything that Bonnie Henry at this point has done has been all based on opinion and not on science. And so uh, I, I'm going to pass it over to York to maybe explain a little bit more about the judicial review that they're spearheading because it's it's popular and. Just if I can add this one piece that he is, what they're doing is literally going to give all of us across this country, if not around the world, presidency, if they win this case, that we will all be able to have that piece in our back pocket that we can sue the government for grandma who died alone in the hospital, for a loved one that committed suicide or a drug mm. died of overdose, or somebody who was coerced to take the jab or who lost their job. This puzzle piece is so important to the rest of the country. And I just, I'm, it's been such an honor for us to be able to work with, with Dr. Hassang to be able to share their message along with other healthcare workers that were supporting them. And uh, we put together a film. We'll tell you about a, a little bit about that afterwards. But uh, Dr. York, why don't you tell everybody about the, the judicial review that you're spearheading here? Sure, thanks very much, uh, Daniel. Um, hi, everybody. Um, let me give you a little bit of perspective, first of all. Um, so we're coming from Canada. I mean, Canada, Canada is an enormous country, but only has a tab in the States. And so we have in people or so. Uh, we we don't have states. We have problems. We're coming from the... So British Are we losing some of the words of Dr. Shung there? York, hold on a moment. Super Don, I want to confirm I'm, I'm hearing some dropouts in his audio, and I don't want to miss any words. They're very yeah, important. There's, yeah, for whatever reason, there was a So I, I'm going to suggest, Dr. Shung, if you can uh, disconnect and reconnect, and we'll yeah. see if that will fix the problem. Yeah, I don't want to okay. miss any of his words. So, Dr. Chung, re disconnect, reconnect, and we'll continue in the moment yeah. with uh, Danny and Alicia as well uh, to talk about the situation up there in, in Canada, particularly BC, where you guys are. Uh, and uh, we'll bring you back in. I, I, again, uh, this is the technology. We do the best we can with it. Okay, guys, go ahead. Give us some more backstory here. Yeah, absolutely. Do you want to maybe tell a little bit about the film to start? And sure, yeah. sure. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, we, we just saw that what was happening here in BC, which we're not the only province, uh, was the same. And so is Nova Scotia, of uh, them refusing to hire back thousands and thousands of healthcare workers uh, because they want to. Uh, force mandates that don't make sense. We all know this. Natural immunity is a thing. <laughs> we all have it. Um, but uh, so Danielle and I had a conversation. Uh, one of Danielle's uh, very good friends who is a doctor and uh, is Danielle's doctor as well as mine now, thanks to Danielle. Um, and she's great. She's one of those rare doctors that just, she still makes house, call, house calls. She's going yeah. to my grandma's house. You know, she just, one of those old school doctors that just loves her job, wants to be, wants to be involved in being a doctor and has literally been fighting for her license, mm -hmm. you know, since the get-go. So, yeah. so what 
we decided to do is we saw that uh, this doctor's initiative and the judicial review was really um, getting, you know, no traction in the sense of public awareness. And uh, we wanted to help them also raise funds for this judicial review, because as anyone knows, if you're going to take on the government, well, you better have deep pockets. And uh, this is where we decided that it was better uh, suited to be in service of them by creating a documentary type film that Canadians, not just British Columbians, but Canadians can learn what's really going on behind the scenes in the hospitals um, because you know the governments across this country are lying to their citizens as they have been for the last three years and mm -hmm. we wanted to uh, we wanted to open the door and allow people really hear from nurses doctors their what's really going on what's happening now and uh, and, and the game being played and it's costing people their lives do we have an access point to that documentary, Super Don, in the notes? Because I know there's a longer clip than we can play today, but uh, I just want to make sure that people can witness what they put together. Yeah, there you'll find well. it. It's it's embedded in the uh, in in the show notes today. Okay, yeah. beautiful. Uh, so this is this a documentary. I apologize; it, it, it's so distracting here with what's going on at my live event here. Um, available to watch for free. Is there a charge to see it? How does this work? No, we, we want everyone to see it so it is free. And uh, what we've done is the, the premiere is going to be on May 13th. We are going to be doing a, a live premiere here in Vancouver. Uh, you can see the details are on the screen. Um, and all those who come, obviously, you know, we're requesting if uh, they feel called to give a donation towards these doctors' fight, it is going, 100% uh, proceeds are going to the judicial review. And uh, after the 13th of May, we will be launching it online for the world to see and share. Great. Fantastic. I appreciate you guys so much doing all, all of that. And do you have um, ongoing meetings? Um, I, I've participated in one, I think, you know, for, there's a freedom group in Canada that I did a, an event. I can't remember who's associated with what. There's so many of these things going on. But beyond the ability to come on a show like mine or others, regular events, particularly for those in Canada that are trying to, you know, push back or push for freedom. You know, I'm, I actually would like to just over onto uh, some other things that we're dealing with here too, and that is sure. Um, bill thirty six. I don't know if you've heard about this okay. bill that's coming up, but um, Bill thirty six is um, an order that's coming into play right now, and the first reading of that passed within a few within a few days, and um, what ended up happening was Adrian Dix wants to force our healthers to one of three things: they either have to um, they'll lose their license if they're not taking any vaccines that are deemed necessary. They can stand at bars and fines or facing incarceration. And so this is, uh, you know, pretty harsh what's happening here in BC. And I see we've got York back on here. So uh, maybe we oh, can great. get him to, Dr. York, if you want to tell us a little bit about that judicial review. Oh, sure. Okay. Um, sorry about that, guys. And so, um, in the province of British Columbia, which is equivalent to a state, um, we have socialized uh, health care. And so we have a provincial health officer who basically took the opportunity of calling everything an emergency. So in an emergency such as the COVID um, pandemic, 
it gave her sweeping powers to do essentially whatever she wanted to do. Um, to this day, we are still under these emergency orders, believe it or not. The mm. rest of society is pretty much open. Um, everybody can go back to work, they can travel, they can do whatever, except for about 2,500 unvaccinated healthcare workers who can't get their jobs back. Everyone else has gotten their job back. And so uh, with our judicial review, the way we have decided to proceed with the judicial review is that all of the constitutional challenges that went before us failed. And because of that, our lawyers decided that we need to have a different approach and just try and attack the, the government in a very small way through a judicial review, which is simply asks a judge to review the reasonableness of, in this case, the provincial health officer's orders that one, there is still an emergency. And, you know, we clearly know that there isn't because life is really back to normal. And two, why do you still keep unvaccinated healthcare workers who in all likelihood have natural immunity outside of the healthcare system <laughs> while your healthcare system bleeds? And at the same time, your vaccinated healthcare workers are the ones who continue to get sick. Yeah. You know, you're asking questions that we've been asking here in the States and, you know, thankfully, finally, emergencies have been lifted and people are going about their, their lives fairly normally. And it isn't for me to dictate whether someone should get a shot or not. We'll talk about our perspectives and opinions and I'll, I'll try to, you know, convince people via good education what to do that I believe is better. But I, my bias as a natural medicine kind of guy, a homeopath, is, is obviously not to get experimental gene uh, in, in injections, right? Uh, yet, if you want to wear a mask, that's that's on you. Uh, as long as you don't try to force me to do it, knowing what I know about the deleterious manifestation of disease from within, if you breathe out into this mask and continue to breathe in things that are then altered by the terrain that they're given. Uh, and, of course, the filtration technology of a woven mask is not small enough to stop what they claim to be the 120 nanometer uh, coronavirus or the spike protein at about 10 nanometers. It's absurd unless you're in a, a hermetically sealed, self-contained breathing apparatus that you could ever stop exposure. Uh, but what are we to do when even we have the science, Dr. Schoen, and they don't pay attention to any of that? Well, we're kind of stuck, aren't we? Um, and so that's the, that's, the, that's the reason why we're having this uh, judicial review. Um, we're hoping that somehow that we're going to get a brave enough judge who will actually rule against what the government wants to do to us. You know, British Columbia is a test bed for the rest of Canada. Um, and so um, what Daniel has been talking about, this uh, Bill 36, otherwise known as the Health Professionals Occup and Occupations Act, it's in fact a brand new bill. It is law. It just has not been enacted yet. And where it really introduces politics into healthcare. Mm. And by that, what I mean is that um, the decisions that doctors, um, in fact, all health professionals will need to make in the future will have to be essentially according to the guidelines of the government, whatever that may be. So, you know, the government says, can't do ivermectin, can't do hydroxychloroquine, you know, that's banned. You prescribe it, you're going to go to jail, you're going to lose your license, exact same thing. So it's COVID today, what will it be tomorrow? Right, you know, right. We'll roll out of all these new viruses and things, right? Well, do you have regulatory capture there, just like we have in the United States. The government of Canada, the Health Canada um, uh, agency, 
uh, various agencies of the government are beholden to these so-called special interests, very powerful economic entities that have bought and curried favor with our politicians and, and those bureaucrats that work that are unelected. So there's similarity between what we experience in the states and much of the Western democracies of, of the planet uh, in being captured by a medical monopoly focused in only one way to treat a disease rather than allowing for the innovation and the response of a doctor to a given patient on an individual basis. Instead, collectivizing all response, meaning that we are not individuals. I am not an individual. You're not. You have to treat everybody the same as if they are the same when we all have unique strengths and weaknesses and metabolic deficiencies. Very true. Very true. You know, I think if anything, um, because I, I'm an allopathic doctor, I'm a vascular surgeon. I, I've been a vascular surgeon for 32 years. Um, and so I'm well-versed in that. I know nothing about homeopathy or naturopathic medicine. COVID-19 has really opened up my eyes uh, to the fact that there is an alternative way of treating things. And the more that I was um, gone down that path, the more I realized the split between allopathic and naturopathic medicine, the reasons why they decided to do that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's, it's corruption from top to bottom. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that, um, you know, the area of specialty that you have as a vascular surgeon, I as a homeopath don't do that. <laughs> you know, I don't proclaim that, but I appreciate the skill set that you have and it can be life saving, obviously, but you also don't see every patient and say, everybody needs vascular surgery. There's not a one-size-fits-all. You assess the individual's needs. So how is it that the medical community felt so prey to this idea that this one j shot or jab is good for everybody? Is there any other drug on the planet that's good for everybody? That's a great question. You know, um, the, the fact that um, there are a few brave physicians who actually countered the narrative saying that, hey, wait a minute, number one, the prevalence of um, what we can detect um, in other words, antibodies, is actually pretty high. It's been pretty high before the vaccine rollouts. No one will listen to them. Um, the fact that a number of um, brave epidemiologists will come out um, and put forward this Barrington Declaration saying, we don't need any of this stuff, you know, just have focus protection. Um, and then when you'd see, when you saw the, um, the use of off-label prescribing, by certain brave physicians who have tried out various things and it has been successful, um, not only medications, but other, let's say, previously known as supplements, uh, in particular, the, the value of vitamin D, um, and all of that has just been completely suppressed. Um, but you know, the, the, the data for it is actually very, very good. Mm -hmm. And so I would say that um, you're going to be, a, there's going to be a boom time, like right now, for homeopathy and naturopathic medicine as the government essentially drives patients away from their usual doctors because, number one, they don't trust them anymore. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they, they, were, they all took the jab. Um, it only takes one person with a complication and they know a whole bunch of other people. And, you know, um, even though no doctor is allowed to say it or report it, you know, they talk, they talk to their friends and their relatives and um, word gets around. Yeah, it's pretty extraordinary. I, I, you know, I've seen more integration than ever over the last three years, which has been a good thing in the midst of a lot of censorship and suppression and attacks on good doctors who simply said, my gosh, you know, what I'm trained to do is not helpful here. It may be harmful. 
Uh, let's look a different direction. Let's start bringing in these other ideas and thoughts. And you know, I just say this about anybody that succeeds. I tend to want to learn why they're succeeding. Yet those doctors that succeeded by integrating and doing natural things were denigrated and, and, and attacked viciously for succeeding. Right. right. Uh, it, it, it made no sense. You know, some things that um, make sense to me now is that um, maybe about 15 years ago, they're talking about there were some reports um, saying that um, certain supplements, uh, in particular vitamin D, um, had beneficial effects for all kinds of diseases. Then they did these randomized controlled trials and they basically showed no difference. And then everyone said, aha, it doesn't work. But now I, I look back on those trials and I realize that, well, what a sleight of hand the whole thing was. You basically, you didn't prescribe it in an adequate dose to begin with. You know, you have conflated the whole thing. You, um, you probably read the book, Turtles All the Way Down. Yeah, my that's, gosh, that, what a profound. That, you know, that's an eye-opener, that yeah. book. You know, and previously, for, for any doctor who really, do, they don't know anything about vaccination. In my time, when I was a medical student, we learned nothing about vaccinations. We memorized the vaccination schedule. That was it. Um, but in fact, a deep dive into the fact of that there is, there's never been a vaccine trial when you compare it against a true placebo. That is mind-boggling. Um, and even with this um, uh, mRNA, um, so-called vaccine, uh, if you read the paper, they talk about a placebo. But in fact, the real question is, what kind of placebo was it? Mm -hmm. Was it a lipid nanoparticle placebo, which has its own side effects? And so those side effects, if it's pretty similar to the lipid nanoparticle plus mRNA, they'll, they'll basically say, well, it's no different from placebo. But was this a true saline placebo? And they won't tell us. And I suspect it probably was not, um, knowing the fact is that um, you can't compare you know, if it was a true saline placebo. So I think all of these studies are flawed. Um, and I think that um, a, a number of people realize that, push the agenda. There are other people who realize that and accepted the agenda. And now they force it on all of us. Yeah, and your point about you know the studies, and this is something that we came up and talked about and have for a long time. And you know, we go back to various vaccines. You point out something that I thought was very important. If you believed in what they called gold standard science, double-blind placebo-controlled tests, and we merely pointed out many years ago that look, you know, maybe vaccines work, maybe they don't. But when are they tested against placebo? And then when are they looked at in terms of long-term health outcomes? Is that any? consideration. Apparently not. It was the holy grail of the antibody and that they could pretend or say that they prevented whatever given disease. And I've argued, hey, could it be possible that those childhood, let's say going back before COVID, like measles, chickenpox, that these could be developmental milestones that are not deadly, except in the most extreme circumstance where you're dealing with abject poverty that results in what? Severe nutrient deficiencies or toxicological burdens that are as important, if not more important, than what we are encountering and having to overcome with a developmental or developing immune system. Yeah, you know, the, um, immunity is um, it's it's one of those words that we uh, that the lay lay uh, people use and physicians use, and we don't know anything about it. I'll give you another word that you don't know anything about. Okay, mm-hmm. circulation. Right. You don't know anything about it. You know, we talk about it as if we know, but there's not one test for circulation. There's not one test for immunity. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in many ways, this is kind of a, 
it's a black box, but it's a fascinating black box that we're just starting to understand bits of. Yeah, absolutely. I apologize. We're, we're here at the live at the Be Healthy Utah event, and uh, I'm just uh, enjoying uh, Dr. Shung with us here. And again, Danny and Alicia, you guys are awesome. I look at you and I'm like, I wouldn't want to mess with you gals because I can see the toughness, the strength, the intent. You know, look at your posture. It's like it says, don't mess with us. You are not cowering in fear to tyranny, to tyrannical, uh, you know, uh, events that we're all witnessing around the world. And, you know, you specifically with your home in Canada, uh, trying to push back and not cowering in fear. Again, I, I respect you guys so immensely. You can't imagine. I get, I gain strength looking at you, honestly. And I know that you're up against a lot. The odds are there. And I'm glad you connected us with Dr. York here as well. Um, this journey is not over, far from over. It's not beginning. For some, it's beginning that are learning about the things that you've known for a long time and are standing up to restore the freedom that you thought Canadians and the Canadian government would support that they work against much like, again, our own government, the United States worked against our freedoms here and we've got to do better, but it takes these events, the loss of freedom, the loss of Liberty to maybe remind us of how precious it is and how much it is worth fighting for. I, yeah, you know what? We we were just on tour with uh, Laura Lynn Tyler Thompson. Uh, we were in Alberta. We were traveling with Dr. Artis, uh, Dr. Byron Bar Bridal, um, Bonnie Millard. Um, we just it was an extraordinary panel of speakers, and you were talking about the discrediting of, especially around the snake venom. I heard you speaking earlier on your show, and I know personally for myself, like when I did get hit with COVID, I I did get that full numbing sensation of Dr. Artis's testimony on what the snake venom does i can tell you is absolutely the first thing that actually resonated with me mm -hmm. when it came to all of this and then you've got in bc here bonnie henry who has written a book and i think on page 41 or 42 of that book she actually admits that the only reason why she was pushing certain mandates was to save her job and it wasn't because it was what she necessarily believed right. the science was so you've got somebody who's just flat out admitted that they were only covering their own butt. We've got doctors like Dr. Artis that are being completely censored. And even within freedom community, I understand that there's a lot of doctors that didn't resonate with his analogies. But rather than just sitting down and looking at the science, like we, we had three presentations with them. Every time you sat with them, like you took in more and more. Yeah. And it was like, the, the science is there if everybody could just sit and look at it with an open it does i don't care how educated you are you have to have an open mind to this stuff and mm -hmm. you know this is the fight that we've been having with our own family and friends about taking the jab knowing that the technology has not been tested long enough for it to be safe and effective we know it wasn't sure. effective because everybody who got the shot still got sick yeah. so is it possible that it's also not safe and so we're all arguing that discussion, but when we have people who are specialists, like, like you know, Dr. Artis or Byram or Bonnie Millard or William Mackis that are all saying, you know, they're all finding different pieces of the puzzle, we have to have an open mind. Even within this community, we have to keep an open mind. Otherwise, yeah. we just are. And what about... Uh you know, for compassion and tolerance. What about people who have religious beliefs against, uh, you know, alteration of genes through external experimentation, whether there's aborted fetal tissue in it or in the processes of it? There's been a lot of uh, uh, really uh, we talk about being 
just basically nice and human to one another. And the abject denigration of anybody who has a different belief about this thing, whether it be rooted in science or, or not. Uh, I, I just thought, you know, and, and I, I joke about this. We do in the States. You guys, you're Canadians. You're so nice, right? <laughs> That's the problem, Robert, is that we think that Canadians are so polite. We're so kind. We're so, and so nobody ever wants to have con conflict. And conflict, one yeah. of the things that we've been talking about with this group of doctors and, and healthcare workers that are literally standing up and fighting, it is mm -hmm. like having Gideon's army. And you were talking yeah. about that earlier too. And, you know, we only need a select few people with integrity, that are, uh, you know, not afraid to stand up. Doesn't matter, you know, who goes in in the rear view mirror, right? It's just yeah. if they're not walking with integrity and they're not afraid, we right. all have that confidence to stand up. And unfortunately, BC has become very complacent with uh, because some things have been lightened up. Some people yeah. are still not getting up and fighting. And Light hands make, many hands make for light work. If we can all get involved, it's going to get done a lot faster if we all get yeah. involved. I've said what happened in Canada is a result of, of being nice to tyrants. They, <laughs> it, being nice to tyrants is not a strategy for, for freedom. Yeah. It, you, know, you know, it's an interesting comment there, Robert, because um, um, I'm a first-generation Canadian. Um, and so I've been able to, you know, come in, come to Canada for the majority of my adult life. And I've been able to see what makes a Canadian a Canadian. And so we're, we're spread out right across the country. And I would say the one thing um, that unifies Canada is hockey. <laughs> and, and the reason why is that um, I, I can't skate and I can't play, but I'm just sort of observing it. My kids do this, mm -hmm. um, is that hockey is a um, game of, it's, it's ballet, sheer brutality on ice. Ballet and um, brutality, well described. Exactly. Yeah, but it is, it takes sacrifice to win in the game of hockey. And if we can marshal that spirit amongst Canadians and all Canadians understand hockey, is that you're fighting against a larger, stronger opponent. You have to, you have to play smarter. Mm -hmm. You have to understand their weaknesses. You have to work together and you have to sacrifice. I think that's key. Um, and so a, a lot of us, you know, we have, we're a small community, mm -hmm. we're sacrificing, um, but we see a bigger prize, you know, we're doing it for everybody. Um, and I think that it's, it's important for us to um, let them know that we're, we're really doing it for you guys. There is up until now, probably more of an invisible type of tyrant. Mm -hmm. You guys just, you know, aren't aren't appreciative of yeah but i think that um you, you, you know we, we need to wake you guys up and show you that um this is wrong yeah yeah you guys are like i said going through it up there and not that anybody's been completely uh, uh unaffected by this but i i also find interesting as i mentioned uh, my trips to africa in the in the 90s going to the doctors there as a homeopath saying get rid of the medicine of of the white man and, and and go back into the the bush and save the medicine of your ancestors they'd never heard a guy white guy from america say that and, and i was serious and i thought i wonder if that had any impression and then and i come to meet a, a, a guy who uh just a couple of weeks ago my wife and i ran into at a, an event in denver who was there with me when i did that who was from nigeria originally and he said yeah it had a major impact on his life and he went back to the bush and he saved many people's lives and including family members by doing that 
And I thought, wow, if we would just embrace these native traditions that have predated the modern medical monopoly by thousands of years, we might learn something. We might be better off. And then we would find what is embraceable about advances in science and medicine, like what you do, uh, uh, Doc, because, you know, vascular surgery is, is a, it can be a life-saving intervention. And yet, oh, look at this. I've gotten, these are eggs from my, my buddy Scott Turner's farm. He just delivered. Look at these beauties. <laughs> by, by the way, yes, eggs have cholesterol, and cholesterol does not cause heart disease, in case That's anybody right. was mistaken on that. So uh, eat some good organic free-range eggs, pastured eggs. These are beautiful. Absolutely. Look at this one. This one's got blue. You want to join me on the air? Come on around. Uh, I'm having... somebody who gets us farm fresh eggs as well. It's the same thing. So oh, my gosh. This is so crazy. This is so good. What was it? This is my buddy, Scott Scherner. He's a, but he also has done a lot with the Health Independence Alliance here where we've done some amazing work. And let me just introduce him. He's also a pilot and a farmer and he's got awesome daughter who's so super smart right there. There's Sierra. And uh, he's great. He's great. So I'm talking, we've got a physician from Canada who's a vascular surgeon. Okay. And we've got two amazing, uh, I, I don't know, what do I call you guys? You're just amazing. Laura Lynn, Laura Lynn was calling us the Freedom Girls. So the Freedom, Freedom Girls. Girl. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, well, kind of sticking. We've been we've been running around uh, 2020, so you know, always going against the grain. And you know, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for everything. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, for for us, it was about building a community. It was about building a hub of having all different initiatives under one umbrella, so that you know, when the public would come they would gain access to all different types of education and resources. And yeah. we've continued that. And, you know, it's we've done a little pivot. And so we've kind of we've kind of gotten into a little bit of film and producing, which we never thought we'd get into. But, hey, we, uh, you know, we do what we can to be of service to others. And this is where it's taken us. Tell everybody, because we only got a couple of minutes here before I got a big question of the day, and then I've got to do my lecture locally here at the event. Um, again, about the documentary, also, and how to learn more about the uh, uh, the bill uh, three thirty six. There, what's wrong with that in Canada? And uh, you guys have already said a lot about it, but for those tuning in late, a quick review on those two issues. Yeah. So the film is called "The Hidden Healthcare Crisis." It's premiering on May thirteenth. We're doing a live uh, viewing of that in uh, called the Shore Church in North Vancouver. Um, but we'll be releasing the video link for all to see for free thereafter. And anybody who can actually come to the event, we're just asking so that 100% of those proceeds go to uh, the Canadian Science, oh, Canadian Science of <laughs> CSS.org. Yeah, which is the okay. Canadian, yeah, it's the Canadian Society Sorry. for Science and Ethics in, in medicine. medicine. There we are. Nice. And and for Dr. Shung, are, are you doing okay considering you're now outspoken and speaking truth to power? Uh, are you doing all right? I'm doing just fine. Um, this whole thing has been quite a ride. It's not over yet. There's so many different channels and new ways of um, approaching things. Um, you know, I, I, I'm involved with three separate things. Um, we're we're going to change medicine. Um, that's what's going to happen in Canada, you know. Mm. Um, I think the more that they try and step on us, the more we're going to run away and we're going to go and do our thing. I love that. <laughs> I love that. And, and, and Dr. Sir, where are you from originally? I was born in Taiwan, you know, but I, I lived in the States for about um, close to seven years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My, my dad was a diplomat. 
Wow. Well, I'm glad you're in North America. I love what you're doing and uh, anything we can do to share and support you guys and help you. Uh, I, I was going to mention right across the way, something you would appreciate, York, the uh, uh, cardio miracle formulation that I utilize. Okay. I don't know if you've heard about it, but uh, it's been peer-reviewed published articles about the sustained production of nitric oxide while counteracting the rise of peroxynitrite, which is you know, a very dangerous free radical, as well as on the vitamin D front, which was so exciting to me to learn, that it facilitated the uh, activation of the stored D because there's so many metabolic deficiencies in people that they can take D and may not fully benefit because they don't can't transform it in the active state. So it's also doing that and enhances autophagy processes as well that normally we, we fast to get that as well. So there's some really good formulas of the vascular variety and a lot of what we've talked about in COVID has impacted the vasculature. So we're looking for very many strategies, homeopathically, herbally, even allopathic when necessary to save these lives that need to be saved. That, that's, that's a great suggestion. The one thing I would add, um, walk. You should yeah. encourage you should encourage all your patients to walk. In fact, when I was in the states, um, one of the things I observed is a little bit different from from Canada. We have sidewalks everywhere, uh, whereas in, in the states you often just have freeways. You, you don't mm -hmm. have a whole lot of sidewalks. So right. get your patients yeah. to walk and take all those um, great herbal supplements. Yeah, there's a famous song: "Nobody walks in L.A., nobody <laughs> walks in a lot of places in America." And you're <laughs> yeah. right. I, I've taken walking to new levels as I kickbox now. So. Oh, okay. But right. I, uh, I, hey, uh, I wanted, uh, yeah, I wanted to mention uh, since you brought up the eggs and the yes. the very healthy cholesterol we need, right? Yes. Yes. So these these pastured eggs, you can see two different colors. We cool. we have about eight colors all together, but uh, <clears throat> one of these eggs uh, in nutrition is equal to about twelve organic eggs. Wow. So wow. we, we sell these for $2 a dozen and people eager, uh, happily pay that because they know um, they're... Do you know how much organic eggs are going for in the grocery store? You, you could be a I, lot more I, than do that. Do I need to charge $6 a yeah, dozen? At least. <laughs> Goodness. And it, and $6 a dozen is cheap, you know. We, we pay like $9 a dozen. Yeah, yeah for organic pastured egg, not as good oh, quality. I, I apologize. I, I'm, I'm not used to... Um, I'm so excited here to be on the air with Scott. I uh, we've done this before, but we're we're good friends. So I uh, no, I, I said that's that wrong. That's my price. Yeah, that's my price. No, that's his. <laughs> there we go. No, we sell these for two dollars an egg. Is what we sell. Oh, okay. for. That's what I'm thinking. It's a little yeah, bit two, more. Uh, yeah, supercharged, super nutrition. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I get so excited talking about our, our farm and like, our, our I like, eggs. I like the first price though. I do. <laughs> <laughs> you got a better price. Yeah, bring it to Canada. <laughs> I, I often wonder if they'll let me back into Canada with the things I say, but I would I would love to be back up there with you guys. Well, it's funny. We're talking about yeah. that. Do you want to come back over here for May 13th and join our event? Um, well, we need to talk off the air. I got to look at my schedule if it's possible, okay? <laughs> but yeah, I, I've been looking for invitations. The one place I haven't gone in Canada is on the bucket list is BC, Vancouver. Uh, right. And so any excuse that I have, if I can make it there, I would love to try. So please, let's stay in touch off the air as well. And and, and Dr. Shung, it's an honor to meet you. I'm really appreciative of your, your uh, integrity and what you're doing. Uh, I think we need more examples like you. And I thank you for stepping up and st standing up to do what's right. Thank you. My pleasure. All right, Danny, Alicia, thank you as well. God bless you all. Big hugs to all of our friends and fans in Canada. Thank you for supporting all the freedom that we need everywhere around the world.
So as we wrap up today's show, we do have a question of the day, Super Don. It's perfect with Scott Scherner here as well uh, to talk about this allergy uh, question. Can we bring that up? We could squeeze that in. Um, it's uh, from Doreen, I think. Uh, she's one of our supporters, or uh, and she'll hopefully be with our AMA or Ask Me Anything for our, our patrons. That's coming up Monday, the 24th, I believe, of April, 7 p.m. Eastern, uh, 4 p.m. Pacific. Dear Robert, with the advent of spring, all of the beautiful flowers, bushes, and trees expel their pollen into the air. Although I've never been tested for allergies, I have one. When June approaches, my throat reacts to something in the air. It gets very itchy. It has been this way for decades. So from June to November, I take Claritin daily. I take Claritin. Oh, my gosh. I believe I may have been one of the clinical trials testing Claritin because back in the day, I obtained it with a prescription and it was not on the shelves for general public consumption as an OTC. Uh, so let's see. For the past two years, however, occasionally my itchy throat would get so bad that my pharmacist told me I could take liquid children's Benadryl, even though I have Claritin in my body. I'm hopeful that you can suggest something that I could do for my itchy throat without my taking these pharmaceutically engineered chemicals to relieve my itchiness. Can you please help me? Thanks in advance, Doreen. All right, Scott, not to put you on the spot, but you've dealt with folks with allergies. You know a lot more about the depth of what causes them. What would you suggest? We're not playing doctor for Doreen. We're just giving information. <laughs> so my first suggestion would be to eat some local honey. Mm. Find, a, find a source of local honey, and uh, th that's helped a lot of people. Um, and then, um, I've helped people reduce their allergies just by changing their mindset and their beliefs and their intentions. And this has happened overnight with some people that had their very severe allergies. And then the third thing I would mention just uh, again, off the top of my head is, uh, look at your, look at the minerals in your body. Mm -hmm. Uh, minerals are probably some of the most important nutrients we can put in our body. There's over the 104 different minerals. Uh, so, uh, copper, magnesium, selenium, uh, chromium, and, and on and on and on. Yes. And so, I would look at that because I've, I've helped a lot of people overcome chronic diseases, even the mild ones, with uh, increase in minerals. Minerals intake. We are both in agreement on that. And, uh, Doreen, remember malabsorption uh, due to gastrointestinal imbalances. Uh, it could be microbiome. It could be inflammation of the lining, leaky gut. As the poster boy for allergies for much of my young life, uh, my recovery so that I couldn't or wouldn't be allergic, have an allergy, was to heal my gut and heal my liver. So going on liver detox support protocols and gut recovery, if you haven't done the silver aloe gut recovery protocol, that's something profound and rapid. And that starts, you know, getting the baseline of why you have the allergy as opposed to just treating the allergy. Now, having said that, you have the allergy, you want to address the symptoms without Benadryl, without Claritin. I'm with you. How about homeopathic allergy remedies? There are some that are made with the allergens in your area, specific area. I know my friend, Dr. Frank King, he's, uh, he still makes them. I don't know if it's available where you are, but there are various formulas for allergies in homeopathic remedies. Uh, for the throat, you can use things like lachesis, uh, lachesis. Um, there are many other uh, remedies when it comes to itching. If it's truly an itching thing that's uncontrollable, whether it be external or internal, the homeopathic remedy is mezerium, M-E-Z-M-E-Z-E-R-E-U-M, mezerium. Uh, that can help with itching. But bottom line for me is cor correcting the underlying imbalances, replenishing the minerals, and then neutralizing uh, not the allergen, but the reaction, the hyperreaction that your body has been trained at this point to do because of a lot of issues that go deep within the immune system 
that can't be corrected by just taking Claritin and Benadryl or allergy shots like I did for 10 years. Right. I absolutely agree, especially with using the silver and aloe to, yeah. to heal the gut. Yeah. So we got to take a break. Very short bonus round coming up after the break. Thank you all for being here with us on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Please share the show. And if it didn't appear on uh, Rumble before, Super Donald, make sure it gets up there later. And uh, God bless you all here at Be Healthy Utah today and tomorrow. Come see us. And the power to heal is yours. And he's gone. Look at hey, that. Hey, Super Don. <laughs> Good to see you again, as always. Yeah, likewise. Thank likewise. you. Likewise. So I, I wasn't paying attention. Did Robert, like, uh, just vaporize, or, or what happened to oh, him? Oh, he just had to step out for a couple minutes. Oh. He, he should be back before the bonus round's over. Yeah, okay. Uh, we've got... Sierra well, there you go. Yeah, that's better. That's there. Just forget. <laughs> we don't need Robert. What? Uh, put the headset on and be part of the show? Okay, Sierra. Sierra's really smart. There she, you uh, go. She helps her dad a lot, and and mom. There you go. Right. There you go. You you are now the host of the show. Okay, you're the host. What would you like to talk? What about? What are we gonna do? I don't know. You don't know. You don't know. <laughs> <laughs> how, how old are you? About? How how old are you? Eleven. Eleven. Holy cow! You're you're about to start experiencing all the fun stuff. Oh, she is. T yeah. Tell, 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 uh, tell Super Don what you do every day. What did you learn to do last week? <laughs> On the spot. Would it would it be called milking the goats? Yes. Yeah. You no, know, you learned how to milk. I have never milked. I haven't milked anything, <laughs> let alone let alone a goat. That is not something I've been. So how how did how was it? Fun. Yeah, it was fun. She you does, had a fun time. All right. She does it every day. She goes out to where the goats live, and she she brings them in one at a time to the milking house, and she milks them and wow. takes it back and brings another one. Wow. So what is it that you you've got? Is it a farm? Is it a ranch? Or what is it that, that, that you've got? It's a small, it's a small farm. Um, like a homestead type of a thing? Or? Yeah, kind of. It's We're, we're about uh, 30 minutes from Scott. Okay. And, and uh, it's... Like kind of like the last farm in the city, um, if that helps. And uh, right. we uh, we have about a hundred animals and a lot of different plants. And um, so yeah, anything okay. else you want to tell them about the farm? No. 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 Oh, just, just we the had, goats. Oh, we had another surprise last week. What What's was that? the surprise? Did it remind me remind you of Narnia? Baby bunnies. Baby bunnies, yeah. Baby bunnies. Yeah, that was a big surprise. All right. Was that just in time for Easter? Can I have my sheet back? <laughs> <laughs> Tell him no. Don't snooze, you lose. <laughs> Thank you, Sierra. That was adorable. Hey, Super D, how's it going there? Uh, you can retire now. I love that. Thank you. <laughs> By the way, those eggs look already washed, are they? No. Oh, they're not. Okay, no they came out clean. Yeah, we we, we order usual. them that. We order them that way. Nicely done. Yeah. Anyway, so because you once you clean them, you do have to fridge them. If you wash them, if you don't, then they have the ability to stay room temperature. We don't know that in America much anymore. No. Yeah. Some of us do, and you can keep them on the counter for weeks or months. Even. Yeah. So can Sierra fill up the silver and copper bottle? She knows how to do that, right? I bet she Dollar. can. Um, 
and Super D, how did it, did Rumble ever pick up, or is that going to have to be uploaded? It's later? been off and on. I have a feeling it's still going to be there after the fact. Okay, it's just the the live part has been kind of uh, glitchy. So glitchy. Okay. Yeah. Um, good show. Interesting show today for sure. Uh, yeah. And crazy, you know, the way we're doing it. I'm going to be recording a lot of interviews over the weekend. That's my plan anyway. But I've got to run now because I've got a lecture starting in uh, 12 minutes. And I've got to use this computer for the PowerPoint for it. So um, if you'll uh, wrap up and, and do whatever you got to do, then I can run yeah. away. Yeah. Okay. I run can away. do that. I had uh, a couple of couple of emails come in. Do you want to do them without me? I, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to disconnect. Perf. Per, yeah. No. No. It's all good. It's all yeah. good. Go do what you need to do. All right, Scott. Thanks, buddy. Yes. Thank Love you. you. Appreciate okay. you. And I'm going to sign off here. You guys carry on, or Super Don, you carry on with the audience. Yeah, just, just for a couple minutes here, because i got to run as well. Take what? Well, hey, come back with my show. Uh, no, go go take it. Run away, and I'll talk to you later. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. See you later. All right, so real quick before we sign off here, I had a couple of emails come in. Um, my printer ran out of probably out of paper figures. All right, so... I got uh, an email from Doreen. Doreen also had the question about the allergies and the Claritin. And, you know, if you tuned in yesterday, you saw that we talked about the Q streaming. I've had a number of, of questions and inquiries about that. So I just wanted to um, address that real quick. Uh, Doreen says, uh, hey, uh, dear Super D, my husband and I do not usually watch the Robert Scout Bell show live. Otherwise, would have raised the question on the live chat. We saw last night's show just hours after you ended your broadcasting day. I heard Robert ask his mom to wait until Q, which is the streaming company, has developed their own technology and creating a stick that interfaces well with its own broadcasting abilities. Uh, Doreen says, I've become cynical in my old age. It's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. I am 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 the king of of cynics, and I too have become s cynical as I've gotten older. So I don't just take anything on face value. I spend some time looking into it because I don't want to waste my time or my money. So uh, she says, "I thought I heard that if we want to benefit the benefit of switching to Q now, we need to use a stick that could be purchased through Amazon." Does Amazon have the capability to censor like Google, YouTube, and many other technology companies? Uh, so my answer to that is, I, I emailed her uh, back with this, but I, I told her that I would explain a little bit more on the show today. Q is in the process. Uh, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, click on the banner over at robertscottbell.com in the upper right-hand corner, or go back and watch yesterday's interview with the CEO of the company. They are in the process of manufacturing their own stick, which is just a, 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 you know, it looks like a thumb drive, kind of maybe a little bit bigger. I don't have one handy here uh, that plugs into the port on the back of the TV, the HDMI um, um, input on the back of the TV. And then you can go to it on your TV and it has, you know, allows you to watch all these channels. Uh, so they have one that's going to be coming out that's also going to have its own remote control because that's been the kind of the sticking point for me on 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 the Q streaming is because I am used to being able to go to watch something on the TV and I just grab the remote and I, you know, pick the channels and stuff. And so um, presently, if you don't have that on a stick, you've got to put it on your computer and then you cast it from your computer to another device. and there's, So it's a little bit of a process. 
it really it all depends on how you consume your 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 shows that you watch. Some people, and I don't know how they do, how they can do this, but they they actually watch TV on like their phone, and that drives me nuts because it's so small. I'm just like I can't like sit there and stare at a phone watching a movie or a TV show. Some people do that. If that's what you do, it's no problem. There's an app that you can get on your phone and you can do that. Other people, they'll watch it on their computer. A little bit bigger screen makes a little more sense to me. I personally don't like sitting, you know, I sit in this chair eight hours a day. Last thing I want to do is sit in this chair and watch something on TV. So I want to, if I'm going to watch TV, I want to watch it on my TV, sit on my couch, relax a little bit. So in order to do that, uh, there you do have the option until Q streaming comes out with their own stick. You do have an option of using an Amazon Fire Stick. Now, this is one that, that Amazon came out with that, uh, you know, if you don't want to use cable or these things, you can take the Amazon Fire Stick, plug that in just a regular TV. Then it gives you access to things like Netflix and Hulu and, and all these other things and stuff. Um, they, they run 30, 40 bucks, something like that. Uh, and there is a way that you could put the Q streaming on the Amazon Fire Stick, and that comes with a remote, so you basically can can you know you have a remote and watch the Q streaming on your TV if you program it. And there's a it's a very simple process. I've seen the video, haven't done it myself yet, um, but there there is a way to do that. Now, I, what I told Doreen that there is another option, and that's using something called a Google Chromecast. I have one of those on my TV out in the living room basically the way that works is that if you use the google browser on your phone or your tablet or your laptop then you have the ability to cast send that picture or that whatever it is that's on that website to the google chromecast which is attached to your tv basically works kind of the same way as the amazon fire stick um doesn't have a remote but that's how i do it at this point and so if, if you have any questions about that, I, maybe I'll put to, maybe I could like put together a video or something like that showing how I do it. So it makes a little bit more sense, but in any case, um, to Doreen's question about censorship, she's concerned about, uh, getting the Amazon fire stick because she's afraid that if she uses that to watch the Q streaming, that they might try and censor the content, uh, or censor Q streaming, uh, because it's an Amazon fire stick. They might be able to, you know, mess with that stuff it's i suppose it's possible i can imagine cannot imagine that that's that would happen is it possible yeah i mean of course it's possible um you know i i suppose amazon could say hey we're not going to allow you to be able to download that q streaming app for some reason um i don't know that that's likely but it is possible and if that's the case then your you know your 30 dollar investment in a fire stick then may um may be wasted so it would be it would be a choice on your part whether you want to just wait until q comes out with their own stick or you know if you want to try try the amazon fire stick i might try that just for fun um i could probably find 30 bucks to burn and and just kind of give it a shot and see what see what happens so anyway that i hope that answers your question doreen if you have any other questions you can always uh email me and any of you can email at askrsb at gmail.com and we will read your uh, your question on the air and i think i had one more here and this was from from mel melanie mel, melanie likes to email we love love the emails that come from melanie we, we had a couple of them yesterday uh let's see here 
she also is asking about the Q streaming thing. Wants to know she uh, lives in an apartment with uh, with a, a, a multiple TVs. Wants to know if there's a way uh, to be able to deal with all of the TVs in the house with the Q streaming. As far as I know, each TV would have to have its own connection. It's not like it's not like the cable company where um, you know you get cable to the house and all the TVs run on cable. Each TV would individually have to have its own Q streaming app. Um, so it would have to be something each TV was set up to do if you wanted it on on every TV. Um, and then she says, second is a comment about your asking RSB and all of us, I'm thinking. No, absolutely no. Don't go changing your look or dressing up or anything for the new listeners. So that's in reference to it because apparently, according to uh, our guest yesterday, the CEO of the company, the Robert Scott Bell Show is going to be on Q Streaming here in a matter of weeks. And so that kind of, I don't know, kind of made me a little nervous. You know, suddenly we're going to be on TV. We're going to be on a streaming app. And that's kind of seems like it could be a big deal. So. I might have to like, you know, get a haircut or something like that. But Melanie's saying, nah, don't bother. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. So anyway, guys, that's it. Um, I think this is the longest I've ever done this on my own. But um, just want to make sure I got those emails taken care of. And again, if you have any questions or comments, you can email us at askrsb at gmail.com. Uh, you can leave us a voicemail. We don't get many of those. But we do like them when they do come in. So you can always give us a call at 866-939-2355, 866-939-BELL, B-E-L-L. And, of course, you can always go to robertscottbell.com and submit your comments and questions there. So anyway, uh, let me just take a look, quick look at the chat rooms here. Nothing going on over there. Let's go over to robertscottbell.com, see what's happening over here. I think somebody said something. Uh, Steven, I recommend that Q incorporates an ethernet connection in their smart TV stick for those who don't run Wi-Fi. Uh, okay. You know what? That's a good, that's a good point. Most of the sticks that you put back, you know, in, in that you plug into a TV are all going to be HDMI. I don't know that there, uh, is one. I don't know if you have an example, Steven, of one that, that a company that does that with an ethernet connection. Um, but that, that's an interesting idea. Uh, the DVR recording solution is something that he did say would be happening um, as well. And I think that's going to be incorporated into the stick. Uh, let's see here. Okay. All right, guys. Well, that is that. It is Friday, which means that uh, we're done for the week. There will be an interview Robert did with our very own Kevin Tuttle on Sunday uh, that that's what we'll be airing then. And then we'll be back. Uh, I, I believe we'll be back on Monday doing the usual thing. So appreciate you guys hanging out with us for this week and um, appreciate you guys tuning in today. And as I stall till I can get the video up there, there we go. All right. You guys have a good day. Have a good weekend. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs>